0: all right welcome back to another episode of fast Break Lip nba podcast your boy samuel here got with me a guest today my boy true god true god say what's up to the people hey what's happening what's happening with you man uh happy to be here can't wait to get into it um, you want to let the people know where they can find you?
1: Uh, easiest place to find me is, uh, on Twitter at true God back. Uh, that's like my third or fourth account. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and follow me at true God back. So that's where you can find me. At. All
0: right. For today's show, we're going to mainly just talk about what's been going on in the NBA this week, the Warriors finding their groove, some surprise teams, some teams that have been disappointing, and just what's going on with all these blowouts in the league. So let's get right into it. So first we got the Warriors. I know they kind of disappointed a lot of people the way they came out to start the season with um. Two two blowouts basically back to back against um the Nets and then I forgot the other team that they played. They played the Bucks. It was they played the Bucks on Christmas, right? Yep. And then and, so- and they like Steph didn't look himself. Ubrey didn't look himself. Um, at least from last year, he didn't look like himself. And then Wiggins was giving us the classic bad Wiggins game. So. A lot of people were concerned about the team. You know, there was like, "What's going on with Steph? What's up with Wiggins?" I mean, everybody knew what's what's up with Wiggins, but they didn't expect him to be that bad. Right. Um, and then Ubre was just he he had he hadn't made a jump shot till I think like the Pistons game. So, like, there was just a lot of concerns going on. And then you know, the Bulls game comes; they win that game by the skin of their teeth. But Steph starts. Steph, Steph gives us a little bit of MVP. Steph again, and then we get um the Pistons game where Wiggins gets un- unleashed in the fourth quarter. And then we get like a little nice little glimpse from Wiseman. So how do you feel about the, the Warriors start to the
1: season so far? Uh, I I think it was, I had this conversation with, with my boy, we were talking about like, you expect them to come out the gate struggling because even in preseason, you know what I mean? Like Wiseman didn't play. There's no Draymond on the floor. Um, you know, they yeah, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, right? So, He's, he's not necessarily figuring out his rotation right away. And so I I, I kind of felt like that was going to be the, uh, you know, that was going to be the basis of their season. I didn't expect them to beat the Nets. Uh, I don't think anybody – I don't think anybody should have expected them to beat the Nets. I thought it would be a little more competitive, maybe like a 15, you know, 10, 15-point loss. Um, But, I mean, if if Wiggins and Oubre weren't playing like trash, that probably would have been the case. It would probably been a closer game. Uh, same thing with the Bucs, you know, like with – it's, that's an anomaly right you got two guys that come in the average one guy averaged 20 last year on, on like 45 46 percent from the field another guy averaged uh 19 on you know 45 percent from the field and then you you come into the new season and they're they're averaging you nine know, percent like averaging five to seven points on nine percent from three and 20 percent from the floor so I think when you start like that you got to expect you got to expect some rough some rough patches and you're playing against two of the best uh, teams in the East. It takes some time to get going and Steph wasn't playing like himself. But I think th- a lot of people use this, this, uh, this to kind of knock them when they say, Oh yeah, they beat the bulls. They beat the Pistons, two of the worst, uh, worst teams. It's like, everybody don't look, nobody really looks that great right now. Like nobody really yeah. looks that great right now. You know what I'm saying? The Clippers look like the Clippers right now, they look kind of good, but they still got bo- Beat up by fifty points by the Mavs, who got destroyed by like, like the Hornets. So yeah, you know what I'm saying like the like you don't really know what it's gonna look like. And I feel like you, uh, a slight glimpse of, uh, I say the first half of the Bucks game to me looks like they'll probably you know they can stick with a top tier team with the the limited personnel that they that they had on the floor and no Draymond like yeah, everybody know Draymond that's the defensive his IQ is just ridiculous so you put him on the court he automatically makes him better and make him makes him defend better and then against the Bulls uh the Bulls game is interesting cuz I, I just just felt like they were just making bad decisions uh you know like it's, it's an IQ thing it's, it's you need somebody at all times on the on the floor that that can make the smart decision and kind of uh you know lead the break and, and make the right passes uh you know tell people where they need to cut where they need to go and and you're not you got uber and you got wiggins and they're not necessarily like they're great athletes but they're not necessarily great players so um yeah you know and i think like uber like i said uber to me it's just confident i think his thing is confidence like he if he can get himself because he's get, they are getting open looks like yeah. ridiculous but they're not hitting them they're just not hitting them so and i think what it is is everybody can't be clay Nobody can be clay
0: and it's such a big shoot of fill, like on both ends of the court, everyone's expecting them to automatically
1: just pop right in and fit. So it's not, it's not possible because who is shooting 40% from three every single season? Literally the only other person that does that to my knowledge, uh, at least on that level is Steph and that's clay. That's it. That's why they're so dangerous. So if you have those two, you know, in that, in that kind of in that realm, and then you bring a guy who's thirty four percent, thirty five percent. What you need to what you need to do is put them in position to where you can you can re- not replace what Clay brings to the table, but you can uh, kind of supplement what he would bring to the table. Like if you got Pascal uh, bringing in eleven to thirteen points a game off the bench, or you know 9, 10, 11, that's way more than they had off the bench. Uh, from from a single player honestly the last what four four years because yeah. they were so top heavy the strength of numbers that has to come back for this to work because you cuz we you, you say strength of numbers really during that last that 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 three year run with KD it was really just a 4 to 4 to 6 man uh you know like real conglomerate and everybody else kind of just got in where they fit in. Like David West might get you eight points and Zaza might, you know, get a a couple, you know, rolls to the basket and and he get 10 here and there. But on a consistent night basis, Iguodala wasn't even getting you 10 points a game off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't even doing that uh, during the KD era. So I think they have to get back to their strength and numbers formula because the only way you can truly – uh, get everybody going. Like you got uh, Bazemore, right? You got Bazemore. is not even in the rotation right now. And I saw Draymond I said something about that uh, on Instagram. But yeah, you know, he said that he should be in the in the in the, in the rotation. I, I mean, I agree with him. I think I think Bayes is kind of a. He, he can be a. He can be kind of a like a dunce at, at, at times too. But I feel like. He knows this, yeah, he'll he knows. take like
0: some so he'll take some like pull ups that are ill advised at the moment or whatnot.
1: So and so I think, but I think you you need a guy that's a veteran. You know what I'm saying? That's somebody who's playing with Portland, played uh, with several other teams, and you know he can he can get you, he can average double figures. So you want to put him in position to be somebody who can average seven, maybe seven to eight points a game off the bench. Uh, you know, be be a hustler on defense because Jordan Poole ain't gonna cut it. And, and you know what I'm saying, and Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole's best served as a point guard rather than playing the two anyway. So yeah, and and, and that's the issue. And they, I think they picked up his third year option anyway. So uh, if you're gonna work with with Jordan Poole, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying, like move Wanamaker to the two. Um, you know, let baseball come in and and run the three. Let Pascal run the four off of the bench. You know what I mean? Like you gotta. You know, you gotta move, the, you gotta move those pieces around to make it to make it work, and that's a, that's the strength, of numbers model. Like if you can get Oubre up to a point where he averaged in 15, 16, Pascal averaging 10, Bazemore averaging like eight, nine, um, you know, get Draymond to average uh, double double figures this year <laughs> again, and get him a shot to look okay, and you got Wiseman who who can average 10. If I, if Wiseman continues what he what he started in those first. These first couple games, and then contributes even more, and stays out of and stays out of foul trouble for the most part. Then you're looking at a whole bunch of double-digit scores on a team that has a player that is so far above everybody else. Like Steph is so higher than everybody else on this team that he he's still trying to make them look good. And I think I I hope that he, that he realized in those last two games, hey, they'll get in where they fit in. I got to go yeah, get mine. Exactly. I got, like, you know, you see he scored 36. You know, he he dropped what, 13 in the fourth, and then he started cooking against Detroit. And then, you know, Wiggins just kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was, remember I was watching a Pistons game, and I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, put Steph back in. Like, the game looked like it's was about to get out of, get out of hand. I'm like, no, nah, put, put put Steph back in. And then Wiggins just, Wiggins just goes off. And then you think, okay, that's the Wiggins that I saw in those, like, 12, 13 games last season. When he got traded there, who made smarter decisions, who was, you know, playing better defense, who, you know, was taking good shots and was and driving and kicking. That's what you need Wiggins to do. Wiggins is not the guy. Wiggins is not the guy you really. I mean, he can he, he's, he's gonna do ISO because that's pretty much how he, he gets his buckets. But you want him to be a guy. If, if he, he's not the guy you want to take, you know, 20, 20 25 shots a game, you keep him at 15 and 17 shots. Um, you know, keep Steph about 23, 24, uh something like that, and keep Uber at like twelve to thirteen shots, and fourteen shots a game. I think you got a balanced offense with guys who can not not shoot now. You shouldn't be shooting seven threes a game, seven eight threes a game, and you are 34, 35, or you you won you one for what, 20 or something, whatever whatever Oubre shit is. Like, you don't need to shoot that many, but you can you can drive and kick. Wiggins' strength is driving and kicking. We've seen that. Last couple of games look like that's his strength in, in terms of NFL that offense is driving and kicking. So if he, he's driving, kick it out. You got Damian, you, you put Damian Lee on one side, you put Steph on one side, and you driving and kicking. I feel like that's more dangerous because Damian Lee right now look like the second best shooter on the team.
0: He so, definitely is. He definitely is for sure. And I think another thing with the Warriors, too, is that the plays that they run or at least what Steph is allowing to be run is like, is what is like, is trying to get the other guys involved first. Cause like if, if you saw the first two games, like a lot of people were complaining that he was being passive. Yep. A lot of people were questioning if like, Oh, if he still had it because like he didn't shoot that much. And if, when he did, he was hesitating For for me. I thought he was trying to get the other guys involved. And it's like to a, to a certain point, you have to realize, all right, this is not working. I got to get my own right now. And then the rest of them, like you said, they'll get in where they fit in. And I think another part of that, too, is that these guys aren't known to play such a high IQ level um, of basketball because of where they've played previously. Like the type of plays that like were like I, I noticed on I pointed it out on Twitter that like Uber had missed Steph on a relocation three. Mm hmm. Um, and he turned over the ball and it was like he's not used to playing in a system with a player like that before. And it's going to take some time for him to adjust to that. And Draymond coming back will help with that adjustment period as well. So I think all those type of factors, I think I think at the end of the day, the Warriors will be fine. I have them as a playoff team. I have them around like the four or fifth seed. So I think what we're seeing now is just like the beginning of like them figuring it out. And then when Draymond comes back, hopefully he's healthy and like all the COVID stuff is is going to him. And he can just like help them put it all together, make it like
1: complete. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think they're a playoff team too. I think uh the first 15 to 20 games, um, even though it's a shortened season by ten, like they shortened the season by ten games, I still feel like it allows you to kinda to, to you gotta build your DNA as a team, especially with a whole new team, you know, like if if the entire off season the Warriors spent okay. Steph, is gonna be here. We're gonna have Clay here. We're gonna put Wiggins here. Wiggins, is a third option, and he's not gonna be needed nearly as much. So cool, he can just cut here. He can do this. You know what I'm saying? Like he can drive and kick out to Steph, drive and kick out the Clay. Like that's what you're thinking in your mind. You got Draymond on there, boom. You know, and uh, it, I, in my opinion, if if everything went the exact same that it's went right now, and they had Clay, that's a top two team in the in the West. With everything that's going how it is now, because you put Clay on the court, Ubre is in, in, Oubre will be a six man. If because I, I mean they would have had to have traded something to get something uh, with that uh, the Iguodala ex- exception. So they would have had to trade it for something if they still got Ubre, I feel like that would have still I still got Ubra if we they still had Clay. I would have still done that because that's another score off your bench. That's another guy who can defend. And I think with Clay, that was a much more dangerous. Uh, been a much more dangerous squad but I got I got on like fourth and fifth um if it if depending on how every, other teams adjust because the Nuggets don't look so great right now the Kings don't look that bad right now uh the yeah. Suns look great you know so it's like eventually it's gonna all it's gonna all even out and with somebody like Steph Steph don't like losing man we we already know that so uh Facts. you know Steph Steph going Steph going to be extra aggressive and He's going to realize, yeah, we need you to be MV- MVP Steph. And he's still like, – and that's the thing. People are like, oh, he's washed. We're not going to see 2016. It's like that's a good thing in my opinion because I think 2016 Steph th- – th- the thing that I love the most about 2016 Steph was the MVP – that MVP Steph was that he was reckless. He was, he was. was very – he was reckless. But this Steph, smarter, knows how to play with different people, which is like – and I think this this – kind of Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr's thing is Steve Kerr's also to realized. like he said it too, you got to simplify the offense a little bit but like Steph knows, Steph is like, let me get these guys going first because I can get mine. That is what you you want to do as a leader but, you know, if you're the greatest shooter ever and you can just go out there and get 13 15 Points in a quarter. And, I mean, we've seen stuff when they, the Curry flurries, where you look up, the the game is tied, and then the Warriors up twenty in like three minutes. Like that's yep. that's what he can do. He's still capable of that. They just showed the man hitting a hundred plus three pointers from from the what was it, left corner in in practice. So well, he can still do it. It's just all about, and he he's getting to his spots. He's just not getting fed the ball. He's he's getting open shots. He's just he's hesitating before he takes him. Like. So once that confidence is there and it looking, it's looking like it's there again, and once it gets to that like 15 game 15, at that point, <laughs> and we still we talking about he's got fresh legs, and I also want to point out he's been playing really good defense too. He's yeah, that's really an underrated defense, part of his game. Really good defense. So I look at it like he's not gonna get credit for that, obviously, but you know, and of and, course and, not. But and I and I think and I, I personally believe once he takes it up a notch because he, cause he's not anywhere close to where he's going to be, you know, 10, 20, down, 20 games down the line. But when he does go up a notch, I'm sure his defense will probably a l- wane a little bit. They'll probably go down a little bit. But I think, uh, I think he'll be like, the only person on that squad that I have my, my my biggest doubts about on that squad, honestly, this year is actually not even Wiggins right now. It's Oubre. Not- it's Uber. Oh, it's Uber. I'm gonna mm. tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Because Wiggins' problem is he's too lax. He's too lax, right? Like well, that's his issue? Very lax.
0: You you heard his comments before the season. He was like, "We're gonna play um, fluid um, something." He said fluid basketball, something like that. He said some some weird stuff. Yeah, earlier so,
1: in the preseason. So and so with Wiggins, like I look at Wiggins and I'm like, man, listen, if anybody can give get out the full potential of who Andrew Wiggins is. It damn sure wasn't going to be Ricky Rubio. It wasn't going to be Carl Anthony Towns. It, it, it could have been Jimmy Butler to an extent, but Jimmy Butler is a little different. Steph is the kind of guy, he's like, okay, you lay back, you chill. All right, let's be real. The, the most chill uh, star in the game pretty much is the second half of the Splash Brothers, really. Clay don't yeah. do, Clay don't make a big deal out of nothing. He chill too. So it's like I don't know how their I don't know their personalities like personally, so I can't speak on it, but it's like Wiggins don't seem like he 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 takes it too serious or too heavy. And that might be a good thing when you play with Steph. And I feel like if there's anybody who could do it, you got Steph and Draymond, two of the highest IQ players uh in the game right now, and you and who who are winners. So I feel like I don't think he'll be that much of an issue. I I see him being able to drop. You know what I'm saying? Average twenty a game in, in this Golden State offense. He get to drive and kick more. He'll get to you know, uh, you know, kind of get to the basket more and stuff like that. Like cut like he he'll he'll have his looks and Draymond will know where to find him. Steph will know where to find him. So I, I'm I'm more worried about Ubre a little bit because I've never looked at Ubre as somebody who had confidence issues. Like especially seeing him in Phoenix last. You know. Like I thought in yeah, Phoenix, he was very know, confident like, last year. You know, and I and I feel like it could be because he's coming off of injury. He you know, because he, he he wasn't in a bubble. He, you know, he had a he had I think he had surgery. Um, uh, you know, so it, it could be a number of things. So I'm worried about him, but he looked better in the last game and he hit a shot he hit a three. So I think if he can slowly start to get his shot selection together, slowly start to, you know, make the right decisions and and stuff like that he'll be okay but I, I think that he's the only glaring uh problem i see cuz even Pascal Pascal looked like he had a couple issues in the first couple games but then they moved him to the second unit and now he looks he looks like he did last year so
0: yeah second unit i think is better for pascal because you know he gets to um he gets to play, he gets to dominate the ball a little bit more and being in the first unit with all those guys that demand shots It's asking too much of him, and I felt like he was hunting his shot a little bit too much Mm. in those first two games. Like he was just forcing the issue, trying to get his own because he knew that he played with like he was out there with Steph Wiggins and Ubre. So he he he, being in the second unit is his benefit. So I think that that's also good. But now, right now, the Warriors kind of have a little dilemma with their center rotation because um, Chris is out with the injury. Yeah, and then you basically asking Looney, who very slow. Um, hasn't been hitting his shots that he's been getting. Um, and then you got Wiseman, the rookie. He's been in foul trouble the last two games. I mean, it's really, it's looking really thin. I, I'm not sure it's going to be so much of an issue because Draymond can play a lot of small ball
1: five. So that's just another thing that's been that 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 happened with the they're Warriors. They're gonna. I, I I think they're gonna try and run what is going to be probably a uh. Not a death lineup because it's not the same, but yeah. I I I think they're gonna they definitely I, I mean because Draymond like I said Draymond at a small ball five and when they run small ball they gon they gonna be fast paced they you know so you need guys who can who can run uh I could see them doing something like Steph um you know Bazemore and and Oubre and, and maybe put Wiggins at the four or Pascal or something like that or alternate them and have Draymond like that or just do, you know, Steph, Ubre Wiggins, Pascal and Draymond. Like that's a strange that's a strange group to 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 put together. But I can see him running that. I can see him running that because that's uh, athletically I'll say athletically that's a that's a nice that's a nice five to put out there. But uh you know, as far as shot selection and shooting and all that, they need a they need a shooter. So even, you know, Steph, Damian Lee, uh, you know, Ubre Wiggins uh, Draymond, that might be that might actually be a solid lineup. You know, I, I don't know how I like Wiggins at the four too much, but Defensively, that might be an issue. Yeah, but I feel like it depends. Also, that also, also too, it depends on who you play, right? I think that also depends on who you True. play. True. Because you know, you can run that. You can run that against probably run uh, against like Pistons or probably run it against Bulls. Might be run it against a couple other teams, but you can't run it against like the Lakers or even Clippers. So um, but th- I think that's the interesting thing about the Warriors season is that Wiseman is so good and he has so much potential. Uh, that I'm, I'm like, man, like, even, you know, if they have a playoff team and let's say they have a second round exit, you know, give somebody hell in the first round, you know I'm saying? Come up short in a second, or even, you know, sneak into a conference finals and, you know, and then, and come up short. I think that's, that that's a win. That's a win on the season. Obviously, it's just dis- be disappointing, but, you still can, you know, look forward to Wiseman coming in with the second year experience. Obviously, being a start, being a starting five, um, you know, their starting center coming going forward, and then you get Clay back the next season. I feel like the Warriors, in my opinion, if Draymond plays like he cares and is healthy, um, um, going forward, I see, you know, Clay can come back and, and do what he does, and if they decide to keep wingers or trade them, like I think they got they got enough. They have enough assets, in my opinion, to compete for the next couple of years. But I still Definitely. feel like, but I still feel like they can do something. They can do something this year. I think they. I, I really just feel like they're one move away, and they got that uh, disabled player exception. So I feel like they're one move away from putting themselves into second round Western Conference Finals contention because of the fact that you like. I don't know what they're gonna do with that, but I feel like they should use it. Cause it's like your tax bill is already high, ridiculous. Yeah, you already paying that, and it's like, listen, every piece of dollar they're giving you, it, like it really don't make a difference. You know what I mean? Like you, you you got all, you spend all this money this year. We might as well try to get better and compete. So facts. You know, um, like, duh, like I said, I know Joe Lake up and all them boys. They 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 can try to be cheap all they want. Man, they billionaires. I don't want to hear that. I'm <laughs> saying like I don't want to hear like you know what I'm saying like y'all y'all built y'all build a Chase Center. Y'all sell, so y'all put that money in. You know what I mean, and 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 go get somebody. You know whether it's P.J. Tucker, whether it's Derrick Rose, because I'm just looking at salaries. Even if you even if they want to try sneaking and slide, you know what I'm saying. Lonzo ball some bread. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Try get him with that. Like it's it's a couple players. I guess I don't think Lonzo would even be accessible to him right now. But like if you attach a, a pick or two. You can you you know maybe not a first rounder but, you know fantastic one of them second rounders they had a couple of, they, they acquired a couple of second rounders in, in some of their trades so it's like you know and, it, and there's there's a few things that could happen too like let's say Harden is traded to you know Miami or something like that not to say that it would happen but if if Harden was traded to Miami and, and somehow Iguodala would get traded there which I'm assuming salary wise that would be the case I wouldn't see Houston holding on to him probably not not probably they, not. And, you know, then you can bring him back in whatever role he wanted to if he get bought out. So it's like there's other ways they can go by, like, game 30, game 30, 35 for them. I still think they should use – I've been saying they should get Derrick Rose. Like, if you – I don't know why they kept Jordan Poole, personally. I, I mean, like, I think he cool. But he, he, can, he can do his thing, but he's not going to be the guy. Like, if you need another score off your bench, uh, Derrick Rose can get you 15, 20, you know, 15, 20 a night. And he's and he's smart enough to make the right plays, and he knows, you know, say so he can get his own buckets. He don't need. We just watched him, uh, you know, catch fire a little bit at the end of the the Warriors game, you know, game against the Warriors. So, yeah, uh, like like I feel like there's there's pieces they can acquire, and once you once you get just a it's just a, it just matters that much to get another you know like moderately high IQ player, uh, on on your squad, and it, it can change your fortune. Like they, I mean, you know. Clippers and, and Lakers, to me, still probably right now look like the two top teams. Just because yeah, but after that,
0: everything else is like up, up for grabs. grabs, to be
1: honest, yeah. yeah.
0: So next, next thing I want to talk about is this blowout thing in the NBA. So, like, it's, it's been going on crazy these last couple of days. I think, like, since Sunday, we had the Mavs beat the Clips by 51. And, of course, the Clips didn't have Kawhi, but, like, that's no excuse to get Schlacked like that um the knicks my knicks beat the bucks um yeah <laughs> by like 20 and like julius funny. randall was putting up a master class against them um we had um i forgot who else let me look real quick um it's been a lot, bro. Like the Bucks, I just... the Bucks beat Miami by like forty-seven. Suns beat the Pelicans, and like Book and CP only scored like seventeen combined. Yep. Charlotte beat the Mavs the other day. I mean, it's just been going crazy these last couple of days, and it's like, I'm, I'm, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what what's contributing to all these blowouts? And the first thing that came to me was, of course, like the the no fans experience, because like when you have fans in the building, they kind of contribute to the energy of your team. How you flow in, especially if you're at home. Yep. Um, if if you have the home team on if if you're the home team and your crowd is like amping you, it kind of gives you a little boost to come back. But like with no crowd, if you're down 20, your morale is down, heads are heads are heads are heads are falling, heads are dropping, everybody's looking at each other like, yo, what do we do? Like it's just a situation where like you're like, you know what, we'll just give it a try the next night. So we saw that um after that Bucks Miami game, Miami came back the next night and beat them by like um like 15 or something. So it's like I was thinking to myself like what what's really contributing to um all these blowouts? and I think it's that also paired with um the limited preseason and training camp. I think teams are still kind of getting adjusted to their rotations and their lineups and they're just figuring out like what is working best for us right now. Like a team like the Mavericks, like they got beat on Christmas Day, they got blown out, too. I forgot to mention that. And they just got beat by the Hornets. And I think the main thing with the the Mavericks, um, using them as an example, is they lost their offensive coordinator, basically, um, to the Rockets. He became their head coach, Steven Silas. Yeah. He was the orchestrator of their offense last year. So, you know, the, losing that piece, and then, of course, Porzingis being out, and them losing Seth Curry as well, their offense is just, like, tanked. And it it, it doesn't look the same at all. And um, I think that's also a thing that's contributed, like all these different changes that have happened in such a short period of time without having the proper time to adjust has contributed to just all these losses like by like 30, 40, 50 points now. No, so, I agree. We'll
1: about yeah, I, I, I agree, man. I think I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like you said, it's a number of things. It, it definitely is the adjustment period. Um, but like I also think... Uh, sometimes we put expectations on teams that aren't actually that good. And I think everything looks good on paper and certain things look good on paper. Like, which was crazy for me is they were like, yo, the Mavs are going to be a beast of a, a beast of a team. And then I, I saw people, you know what I'm saying? And I saw people say, they like, I'm looking at all these, uh, these boards and people like they got them third in the, in the West, fourth in the West, fifth in the West. And then, there's the same people who are saying, like, oh, yeah, Golden State is going to be, like, 13th in the West. And I'm looking at it like, well, I'm taking Steph over Luka. Uh, I'm taking Draymond probably over anybody else on the roster since Porzingis is out. You know, I'm looking at that roster. And, and that was – that was, and even with, like, somebody like, oh, Yo, you know, Dallas going to be better than Denver. And I'm thinking, how? To me, like, Denver should be – you know, they got Michael Porter Jr. They got, you know, Jamal Murray. They got Jokic, like. Those things don't make it doesn't make sense. I think the power of Luka kind of got people a little amped, uh, and to see how, how you know and and like well, let's not forget the the Mavs were a seventh seed last year, and you know they, they 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 got I'd say they got very lucky against the Clippers team that didn't really want to be in a bubble. I, like that's how that's how I really felt because a lot of them games like they shouldn't have – I don't think they should have won. The, the, some of the two games that they did, uh, I, mean, I just felt like the Clippers didn't want to be there. If the Clippers look the way they look right now, they, you know, and granted, the Mavs did blow out the Clippers without Kawhi, but it's, it's just when a team doesn't care that much. And I know people act like that's not a thing, but it is a thing. And if a team don't care that much early on in the regular season too. Yeah, like if team don't care that much, you know, you're not going to look good. And I think with, with some of these teams, um, you know, I don't think these teams should be as bad as they are. And I'll give you an example. I just was watching the Bulls and the Wizards. And the Wizards shouldn't be as bad as they are. But they are that that way because, one, Scott Brooks, to me, is not he has not been a great coach. (laughs) Um, And on top of that, defensively, the the Wizards have never been – that's never been their strong point. So – and you got two guys that don't really defend well and Russ – and Bradley Beal. Offensively, that sounds like a great tandem to put together. You know, Beal can do things off ball. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. He can he can create offense too. And then, you know, Russ is Russ. Even though Russ hasn't been, you know, like Russ. Russ hit his peak as a as a as a player the year he won MVP. To me, like that was his peak. And I feel like there's never like like once he got that uh, got that mvp it was like justification for for when KD left and he's like well you left you got your rings but i i showed i can lead my team and then after that it kind of just felt like it was like a gradual uh decline and so when you look i look at the wizards i'm like man if russ can get back to how he was playing in the d'antony offense at certain points last year i think the wizards would be be okay I'm like well
0: well, part of that last year was that they had no center on the court. So, like, I, I don't want to say Russ was like the de facto center, but he was the only person that was taking up the paint points. So that made it kind of easier with the Wizards. He kind of has to go back to playing the, the traditional um, the traditional way. And I see he's taking a lot of jumpers, especially in that Wizards game. I was watching that earlier. But, yeah, their defensive issues are a huge problem, the Wizards. So I think that's what contributed to their 0-5 like who-
1: start. Like who's their like who's their best defender, right? Like who's their best defender? Can't really. I couldn't pinpoint anybody. I would say I would say Rui probably. And 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 even then he got like I, I, He's last year, year player. Yeah, like last year I went to like maybe like fifteen Wizards games, like fifteen twenty Wizards games last year, and I watched them. You know, watch them play and watch them all, stuff like that. And I remember we we would be in the games, and I'm like, man, these boys can score they can't defend the shit. <laughs> like, they, they can't yeah. defend nothing. And so, and like, I, I remember it was like one game they had against, I went to see them, against the Clippers and Kawhi and PG played and it was a close game uh, up until maybe like the the like middle of the fourth. And then all of a sudden, Clippers just start, you know, just start draining shots on them. And I'm like, see, that's going to be the issue. And then you bring in Russ and then it's like, okay, Russ could take, could get buckets for you at the end of games. He's done it before. Like, I ain't going, you know, people like to, you know, go at Russ and, whatever i ain't gonna i ain't gonna say that about my man. It's like russ russ can you know he can he can do his thing or whatever but he's not he's not the guy you want to take the last shot brad Bradley yeah. bill bradley bill is a guy you want to take the last shot but everything matters spacing matters you know what i'm saying like your offensive sets all this stuff matters and scott brooks mm-hmm. scott brooks came came can't you know Scott Burris can't run that OKC shit. He can't run. He can't run with you trying to run with you know John Wall or, and a Bill. You can't really run that now because Russ is averaging a triple double through four games, and they're 0 5. But he played four of them, I and mean, he he's, he's averaging triple double. So Russ is playing his game, but that don't mesh with everybody else. You got Denny, you got you know Roy, you got uh, Thomas Bryan on there. You got a couple other guys like so they have pieces, but that's a team that. They, I, don't, I don't I've I i do not know if they got blown out, but I know they lost pretty badly uh the other day the other day. Maybe like not a blowout blob, but like like double digit loss. And so I see that and I'm like, man, that's that's not a team that is is that horrible. It's just that they haven't found their identity yet. And their identity on offense and defense, which you got two good offensive players there, you can figure that out. But their defensive side, and same thing for the Mavericks, uh same thing really. Really wanna be the Nuggets don't look that good right now or oh, great Defensively, they're not. Yeah, with the Nuggets, it's a it's a it's a compounding of a,
0: a a bunch of things. So they lost Grant and they lost Craig, two of their better wing defenders. Yep. I mean, you're asking Harris and and um and Barton to kind of pick up that slack, but they kind of like on the smaller side where Craig and, and Grant were much bigger and could guard like threes and fours. And then, you, and then you ask an MPJ to also play some defense, and that's not his strong suit. Nope. He just made him have to get some buckets. And he's been able to get some buckets, but like he's food on defense. He doesn't know what he's doing out there sometimes. Um, they throw Bo Bow out there sometimes, and he looks completely lost on defense. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing. Too so that, that Yeah, and, and that's, that's what's going on with the Nuggets. Um, another team that suffers from bad defense is um, the Pelicans, who every time they're on national TV, they're getting blown out too. Um, I mean the, the Pelicans—they don't got no defense. They don't got no spacing. They're just letting all the guys shoot, and no one could hit anything. I mean, you got JJ, you got Lonzo, you got Bi, but like after that, it's a real—it's a
1: big drop off with shooting for, on, on the rest of that team. So you know, you know what messed that team up? Hey, I mean, we all said it, right? You brought in Bledsoe. Uh, we, yeah. You kept you kept Bledsoe, and because they had George Hill, and then they opted to keep. Bledsoe over George Hill, right? I, I and feel then like, sent George Hill to OKC, I think. Yeah, that's what so, the trade was. And they got and they got Stephen Adams, and I feel like uh, you could have got a uh, uh, you know one of them uh one of them vet minimum centers available as opposed to getting Stephen Adams, like Stephen Adams, like if you wanted to get a big, you know, like you can get somebody, you know, just anybody. Like I, I don't feel like Stephen Adams is not the guy that you want and neither is Eric Bledsoe, you know, like he's, he's, just, he's not that guy. And so I thought, I thought, in my opinion, I thought what they were going to do. I'm like, yo, they're going to get rid of Bledsoe and they're going to try to keep George Hill because George Hill would be to me. George Hill makes way more sense for them. Right. Space wise,
0: at least. And then what, what confused me even more is when they traded for, um for Steven Adams and then extended him. I was like, yo, what are y'all doing? Like y'all don't already have, You already have bad spacing,
1: and then you just made it worse. Yeah, I I think I think what they saw, and this is my opinion. I think they saw uh, this 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 tower, this wall, this wall with Zion being this big, you know, this big burly burly dude who who can who can block, can block shots if he needs to, and he's he's a force. He's a force. And then you take somebody who is is is, you know Steven Adams. Seven foot guy, and and you know, I guess Steven Adams gets gets rebounds. You know, it's kind of hard to remember what it's like when Steven Adams was pulling down a lot of boards because I'm so used to seeing them. You know, when he was playing with Russ, so it's like you 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 think in your mind, okay, we we got this guy here, we got Eric Bledsoe, like, but that's a horrible, it's a horrible starting five. You got Bled, if you got Bledsoe, was it Lonzo, Bledsoe, Bi Zion, and and Adams, like. Literally the 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 two best shooters right there are gonna be Lonzo and BI. And Lonzo is not consistent of a shooter yet. Not that consistent of a yeah. shooter yet. And then BI is BI is a walking bucket. That's a fact. BLA like Ingram is a walking bucket. He he can get it. But even him, he's not like the most consistent shooter yet. He he he's he's got very similar patterns to KD with how he scores. But he hasn't hit that level, and I, I keep seeing people talk about it, and I'm like, I see patterning his game after KD. Like there's a couple other guys, like Michael Porter Jr. To me, uh, patterning his game after KD in uh, yeah, how does. he scores. But I think it's just the efficiency and and the way you shoot and how you you know like it's different. And I think Bi is he's 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 at that he's at that level where he's he's close. But if that that's the one pure score that you got. And you're pretty much your whole rotation. Like, yeah, you got you got JJ Redick, but it's like that's 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 the catch. And, is a catch and shoot guy right there. You know what I'm saying? Or he, you know, he does a little one dribble and 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 throw it up. Like he's not at, at this at this stage. JJ Redick's in his what mid 30s at this point, mid close to like close to late 30s or some shit. Like he's not going to he's not going to be that that big of a force. And I think you need to have. You need to have him out there with the, with somebody else. I, I thought J.J. Reddick should have left and went elsewhere. Um, that's what I thought. I think he, I think he was on a two-year deal, so I didn't. I, I don't know if he had an option to, to yeah, leave. Yeah, I, I think he signed a two-year deal, which I thought was weird when he signed in the first place. But I was thinking, man, they're doing all these trades. I was like, you know. Uh, and when they got George Hill, I was like, man, maybe they can get rid of J.J. then. Like, I, in my opinion, yeah. I was like, you can get rid of J.J. Like, because I think, like I said, George Hill – is a good shoot. He can shoot. George Hill can shoot. Like he, he's not you know not the greatest shooter, but he's pretty efficient when you know. And he's he shoots like like the last couple of years. I think especially in Milwaukee,
0: he shot like above forty percent, maybe close to like forty five percent on um, one year. So he 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 can definitely shoot. So it was odd that he that they sent him to OKC in the deal. But I mean, Pelicans. Yeah. I mean, David
1: Griffin made his bed. He's got a he's got to sleep in it now. The, the league, spacing. I know the league is probably I don't know man I know the league cannot be happy, uh, because let's be real right the league sweet, sweet in the pot for the, for New Orleans right and oh like, definitely you know they said look we'll give you the, we'll give you Zion we'll give you the number one pick just go ahead and you know slide Anthony Davis over to our to our face you know slide him over there we'll give you number one pick we'll give you another pick and you know and you can you know be formidable and then. They gave them all these TV spots. They, you know, brought brought the the idea of like this is really the idea to play in in the bubble was really just to try to get Zion in the playoffs. That's oh really definitely dope.
0: for sure. That was my that was my initial speculation as soon as they did it. But I mean, hey, I like that they keeping it. It keeps more fan bases, I guess, involved towards the end yeah, of the yeah, year. So a- you know, some teams they just some teams fans, especially for me as a Knicks fan, I'm I'm tuned. I, I still watch the games but i'm kind of tuned out of the uh, out of the sport at a certain point in the year because i already know what's the deal yeah. so it's like it's like it's, it keeps more fan bases involved it's kind of fun i don't know how they're gonna do it this year if it's gonna work necessarily but we'll see
1: yeah I, I but i but i feel like for the pelicans like they're gonna be in my opinion pelicans if 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 they you know can right write their ship a little bit and and get focused i think they'll be in that play in that play spot again um you know, but once again, I don't think Zion is gonna prove to be as big as big box office as they think they are thinks he is right now. Because if you're not winning, people are gonna get tired of seeing you. Like that's just that's just how like no matter what team it is, no matter what, what like it's still New Orleans is still considered it shouldn't be, but it's still considered a smaller market in the NBA in the NBA's landscape, right? So you you're looking at this 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 second year player who the hype is there. But his play isn't living up to it, and you're gonna mm-hmm. see even in Dallas if Luca's play doesn't, you know, like the same the, the same way they praise you, this is this, the same way they're gonna start chipping away at you, you know, and and that's just that's what they do with every star, like Giannis. Giannis is two time MVP, reigning two time MVP. He's getting slandered. He's getting constantly. slandered left and right. Don't get me wrong. There's good reason to slander him. Just deserve. you know. But at the same time, it's still like. Hey, bro, for for all of the slander this man takes, he averaged 30, 13, and like six and on high efficiency for like 56, 57 percent from the field. And on top of that was the defensive player of the year. You can't be that person and then come into this season and then everybody's saying, Oh, he he's trash, he don't got no skills, da da da. I I like I, I I I just think Giannis is a prime example of somebody who's being used the wrong way with the coach who does not really, even though his stats look good and how he use them, is, is, it's great usage, but he doesn't know how to use him correctly. Cause Giannis is a big, Giannis is a big, Giannis taking all these, these, these three pointers and, and you know, he's got to develop a three point shot. Like if he can hit him, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather him, i rather him just develop a post, a post game to be honest. That's it. Yeah. Like, cause, cause he's, 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 ball, you're, 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 he's a big dude. He's seven foot, his wingspan is ridiculous. So if you put him in that post, and he can do something like even even like if he had twenty five percent to fifty percent of what Hakeem had, it he would be. That's it. Like you can't do nothing with that, and he still has a decent mid range shot. I want people to people to, I don't. I don't. It hasn't been. It don't feel like it's been used as much. But I. But it was like a couple years ago, right? I think right when Coach Bud took over for for, my, uh, for Milwaukee. I like Giannis would every now and then in the game pull up from the midi. He had a midi, he, he had a shot and we see it a little bit, but it, it's not the same. Like he's, now it's just like, you just elbow, like, like he just, he just elbow first and, and you know, like he just, he just yeah. straight, straight power. But I like, I never forget. And it's funny. It's just so funny because it was a Knicks game that I remember and I, I've called, I've called that the Giannis masterclass game. And cause he hit a game winner on y'all he hit a game no, winner. On him. Game. And it's, I think the same game he dunked over, uh, Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway. Yeah. And so I like yeah, he, 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 the game winning he made was a,
0: was a mid range shot from like the mid, the mid post free yeah. throw line area. So, so like he has he, that, in his game. he has it, but it.
1: it's not, it's, it's he, not he utilized. So. He doesn't use it
0: anymore. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about some teams that have had, um, some rough starts, we kind of spoke a little bit about Washington. We talked a little bit about Denver, what, what's going on with them. Miami, they're like two and two, but they haven't had the most solid of starts for a team that's coming back from just being in the finals. Toronto, they just got their first win a couple minutes ago against the Knicks. Oh, um, y'all lost. They, Let's see, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah um, one and three on the season for Toronto. Mavericks, um, also, I think one and three. As well, and Houston, I think they are in. I think they're playing the Kings right now, or they had just won against the Kings. I'm not sure, but they've also struggled. Of course, they've been shorthanded versus. Um, they just won actually, but they're one and two. They also struggled. Um, the the previous two games because they were shorthanded because of the whole um COVID quarantine situation. So, um, I mean, we kind of spoke about like it being a short season. And some teams not really taking it um, seriously. But I think in the end, it could also bite some of these teams in, in, in the behind towards the end of the year because it's there's 10 less games this year. Um, and you never know when your team is going to be shorthanded due to injury or or COVID or whatever other situation that may arise throughout the year. And having having such a slow start especially if you're a team in the West, if you have such yeah. a slow start, like especially with the Mavs, like we spoke about them previously. Um, when you have these slow starts, it can impact where you are in the playoff position. I mean, I don't mind as a Knicks fan because we own we own Dallas's pick. So I don't even mind if Dallas misses the playoffs. I don't even mind. But like other teams like um, Houston and, um, and Denver, Denver is supposed to be a favorite in the West, but if they're not clicking the way that they're supposed to be, if Jokic... I mean, Jokic is getting his triple-doubles. He's getting his numbers. Um, MPJ has looked solid. Murray hasn't looked the best. The bubble Murray is gone. That That's all gone now. So it ain't happening anymore. Um, It's back to regular Jamal Murray, where he gives you, like, 25 on one night and then seven the other night. Yep. Um... So I mean it's it, it's 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 rough for these teams that that have these so starts. Washington, I think they can still sort of pick things up if they start to win some games, but they'll be a playing they'll be a play Yeah, game. they might be a playing team, but I, when I did my season preview with one of my guys, I had I I originally put put Washington as a um sixth seed because I was like, you know, I know um I know John Wall. I mean I mean not John Wall, Russell Westbrook has taken teams um, they took he took that OKC team to to an eighth seed in the West, and I feel like this team at least offensively was was better than that OKC team. But I think- what I ignored was what I ignored was OKC's defense back then was was a pretty good defense. You mm-hmm. had like Oladipo, you had Roberson, you had um Sabonis. Even as a rookie, I guess he was pretty solid. Taj Gibson, like they had a pretty solid team defensively. Back in OKC with um Russ's MVP year, but this Washington team is like the complete opposite of that team on defense. Like everybody's turnstiles. I mean, today's game against the Bulls, they had a whole bunch of dudes. I mean, Kobe White and um Otto Porter Jr. had um like a tw- a twenty eight point game against them. Yep. Um. So I mean. Like, Washington is uh, is bad defensively. I mean, we kind of anticipated that, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad, like, where, like, Chicago's putting up 133 on them. And it's, like, like really bad. I didn't expect it to be this bad. So, like, yeah. um...
1: Nah, I I, I... I didn't think it was going to be like this. I figured they'd get off to a slow start. Um... I was thinking more line, like after five games, I was thinking like one and four, two and three. You know, I was thinking like two and three made more sense. Uh, you had, because yeah. I, I thought, okay, maybe you lose your first two. You know, do you get a win? And I thought they would at least get one against the Bulls. You know, I thought, you yeah, losing both to the Bulls is bad. Yeah. And, and like, you know, the Bulls, like, the, the Bulls is another team got off to a weird start, you know, weird start themselves because I think you remove, uh, you know, Bowling and then you put in uh, Billy Donovan and it's like, okay, well. Expected some diff- something to be a, a bit you different. Know, it's, you know, at least expecting to try to be uh, – and I mean, I guess right now, you know, it's too early to call it. It's five games, they were two and three. So, um, yeah, I guess it's too early to call it in terms of like them not being a play-in team uh, because once again, you know, that's seven through ten. So even if you finish ninth or tenth in the in the East, you get a shot at you know, uh, getting a good playing spot. So I don't know. I I feel like you know, uh, I I think for the Wizards, man, I, I think they kind of they just need to learn to play together. And because it's it's literally to me watching them, it's like everybody just going to get theirs. They are not playing together. And yeah, that's
0: a problem. Well, I think that's I think that's part of just like inter, in, integrating someone like Russell Westbrook into your offense because you kind of know he's gonna dominate the ball, so you're kind of like forced to when you think when you get the ball, you're like, I right, I gotta get mine because you know Russ is gonna have his and then Beal is gonna have his, so I gotta contribute
1: in some way, one way or another. And this is the conversation I had with um with someone about Russ. I say, oh, Russ is probably a great teammate to to be around. You know what I'm saying, the person, yeah, the person. I said, but to play with him on the court, it really, it's really a a up and down situation. You know, like like he, he like him playing next to PG gave PG the best season PG's ever had, regular season wise. You know, but even with that, you know, it, it, it even though with with that, like they still didn't go that far because playing with Russ, you'll get, you know if if you're in the playoffs and and y'all are down 10 Russ going to take another 15 shots which he only going to yeah. hit about 3 or 4 of them so then you look and look and you was down 8 or 9 now you're down 17 and then you got to fight back and and so it that's the that's the ebbs and flow of, of being a Russell Westbrook teammate but I, I I think like I said I think the Wizards will be okay um a couple other teams like I say it's it's so it's too early in the season man like I I got saying this, saying this on but, Twitter
0: like, but it's also a shortened season, too. So you got to kind of get things together really quickly if you're going to struggle this soon.
1: Everybody got be... to that... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, everybody has to be at least locked in by game 10. I say game 10 as is, is the latest. You like some people, like usually if it was an 82 game season by game 20, you need to be fully locked in because, yeah. you know, but this is short season. So I said game 10. And I was actually, I had this, had this conversation about the, the Warriors with, uh, with Rue with on, on, on Twitter. And I was like, by game 10, the Warriors need to know if they're going to use that disabled player exception. They need to know what their rotation looks like. Because you like, okay, you know, uh, you four games in, you, you two and two now, you got six games, you got a seven game homestand. By the end of that homestand, you should know who you are, you should know your identity, you should know what you want to go with at least if everybody's still healthy, you know what I'm saying, like, and far. And the same thing for for Dallas, like, Porzingis' injury might continue to be a lingering issue all year. So, yep. you got to – That's you gotta, exactly one of
0: my, my thoughts as well. And like I said before, the guy who orchestrated their offense last year, he's the coach for Houston now. So, that's a whole other issue they have to figure out. Their offense doesn't look the same. It's not flowing the way it did last year. And I think it has to do with that dude leaving, Steven Silas, and then you also take away Seth Curry. I think he's another contributor to their offense this year. Being, able to, shoot yeah, yeah, being shooter, able to shoot three, yeah, being able to shoot three. And then not only that, he was able to create some stuff off the dribble if like someone ran him off the three-point line.
1: Yeah, I don't like, think they have.
0: I don't think they have anybody like that this year. So you're relying on Tim Hardaway Jr. to be his second option, basically, and that, you're asking for a lot from Tim Hardaway. Jr. That's a lot. <laughs>
1: that's and so far, he's not
0: delivering. I I know what it's like to rely on Tim Hardaway Jr. to be your second option mm-hmm. when we had poor thingies in New York. It, 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 it's a lot of rough nights, and you're going to be frustrated a lot of those nights. It's going to be a lot of L's also. So And also,
1: what makes it worse when Luka, there are two players right now shooting the worst from three, I think, to start a season ever, right? Like the first four or five games, and that's Kelly Oubre and that's Luka. Right. Yeah. Not good at all.
0: But see, two for twenty-one from three.
1: But see, here's what makes that even worse. Right. Kelly Oubre is getting catch and shoot threes. Right. Most of them catch and shoot threes. Most of them, you know, getting open shot. He's just missing. Mm -hmm. It's a confidence thing. Luca is creating his own offense. Mm
0: -hmm. Luca
1: is the he's the shot creator. And but the
0: thing with Luca also is that Luca takes a lot of bad shots. Bad shots. And, and that was that was, deep, that was yeah deep contested like step backs in people's grills. Like, yeah, I know he can hit them sometimes. But right now, if you're just trying to get your rhythm, you don't take those type of
1: threes. When you you're in rhythm, that's when you take those threes. The one thing about Luca that that like I said, I, I like Luca. I'm, I'm I'm a fan. I went you know went to go see see him play live, and I was like, man, this this dude this dude's fire. You know what I'm saying? He's fire. Uh, but the one thing I don't like. Luca could you you look at Luca's stat line. Luca's stat line to me, and I mean this in a nice way possible, it reminded me of a Russell Westbrook stat line a lot of times the last couple like last year. Because you would look at what he you would like, yo, Luca had like 30, he had twelve and fourteen. And you're like, yo, he he shot maybe eight uh nine of you know twenty-two from the field. Which, you know, if we're talking about numbers, it's not really good. It's not good. But yeah. you, you, you'll accept it because you've got to win. Or well, he hit the game winning shot. But then from three, he, he was like two of eight or three of ten. And, and that's not good. So it's like you see that in the, 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 the way the perception of Luca is you know, he's just – I saw somebody like Luca's top five in the, in the league right now. And I'm like, man, was, I can't. I
0: mean, he was the MVP favorite um, in betting odds for to begin the season in Vegas. So he, mean, that he tells was, you how to he happen.
1: was on my he I, my two MVP favorites was him and Steph. And the reason why Same. is and, and the reason why and really really is it was really just Steph. I, I I was really just Steph. I threw Luca in there because I was like, I know the the NBA wants him in that position. So I was like, the only thing that would worry me for Luca. Is is your team going to be that good? Because I uh, don't know. That was one of the main
0: things I brought up when I was talking on my, on the, my season preview episode. I, I was like, well, my man, he chose Luka as the MVP favorite. And I was like, I don't think Luca's is going to get enough wins. He might be like a seventh seed or eighth seed. And I don't think the MVP, I don't think the NBA is going to give it to him unless he has a story behind him. And with Russ, when Russ got his, his story was Katie had just left him and he was basically by himself. So, the whole everything came together perfectly for us. With Luca, it's just like, sure, I mean, yeah, your guy got hurt, but I mean, you're that's, still expected to carry the load. So,
1: that's why I got, and that's why I keep, I keep telling people, I'm like, yo, the, the stage is set for Steph to be aggressive, get them to a fourth, fifth seed, and win MVP. Because it's your first season fully healthy without, when well, now KD's in Brooklyn, got Kyrie. Clay is out again for the second year straight. You're working with Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, a rookie, and James Wiseman, and Draymond with a, shoots with a backpack. And like you, 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 if you can take that to a top four, top five seed, and score 27, 28, 29 a game, MVP is yours. Because who, else, who else you gonna give it to? There's no storyline built in there. You can't give it to Bron. I know the media would like to. Can't give it to Bron because Bron's not going to have a better season this year. In my opinion, he's not going to have a better season this year than he had last year. I don't. Yeah, see I it. don't think he's going to take the regular season as seriously as he. Right. He as, as every he time he wins, it. every time he wins or goes to the finals, his next regular season is never that that strong. That's just usually what what happens, and and like that's okay. Like I remember after he left Miami and he went to Cleveland, uh, came back to Cleveland. Like those. Those 2015, 2016 regular seasons, they weren't that great. Like they were they were good. I mean, obviously good and you know, good in general by like his standards. standards. But yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like what we had seen before. And even starting so far, like the Lakers, they 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 got enough depth there so he probably don't need to do that. And so then you can't, and if that's the case, if you ain't giving it to Bron, then you really shouldn't give it to A D considering that they're the stacked favorites right now. So and then if you go to the Clippers, you're not giving it to Kawhi. Cause Kawhi, to me probably don't even care about like really don't care about winning. Damn, Paul George ain't getting it, so we can you know. And then it's like who else? You can go to the East if you want to give it to KD. Like I've been seeing Trae people Young, Trey Young's an early favorite. I've seen so far right now. If I had to pick a favorite, that would be my favorite for MVP right now. Five games in, it'd be Trey Young because nobody and he's getting
0: he's getting a superstar whistle too. I don't know if you've noticed he's I've leading seen, the league
1: in I've free seen throws.
0: Him. And against the it. Nets, he was getting like a free throw parade, basically. Yeah, like he just kept doing the same thing over and over, and they just kept giving him the call. So he, he's he's a, he's the a early favorite. So let's let's talk about the teams that are, are are doing good in each conference so far. So we got Philly at the top on the East, four and one. Orlando four and one. I don't expect Orlando to keep it up there because Orlando always has these hot starts to the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana's been playing pretty solid. Demontis Sabonis has been killing it. Shocked lately. about that. Um, he, you are. I think. I think. No, I saw this coming. Cause what, Indiana no, or
1: Bonin? Uh, Simona's no. I, like, I like. I expect him. I, I think he he's he made that jump. You know. I think last year he made that leap, and I mm-hmm, think he he definitely. was gonna he was gonna come back. Uh, I think. I think he's he, he's he's slightly exceeding what my expectations were so far this year, but I think Oladipo rounding back into form a little bit is also definitely is, helping though. That's what's also shocking me because I felt like he was on the way out, right? I felt like Oladipo didn't seem like he wanted to be there. So I felt like he was going to give it like, you know, half, half effort. And I know, I know they just got dealt the blow because TJ Warren uh, is out indefinitely. I just saw that. Um, yeah. You know, so that's going to suck for them. So, so that might, you know, but they got enough talent, man. They got enough talent to make something happen. I just, uh, I was shocked about it. I don't, I don't necessarily think they'll be like top two in the East, or top 3 Um They'll probably be eight. like four or five, maybe. Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're a four or five team to me. They're a four or five team, but they got enough talent. Um, Philly, though, uh, I'm, I'm... You
0: still wondering about, about the Simmons and Bede fit?
1: Not so much the fit. It's the Just everything around them? It's the, aggressiveness. the aggressiveness? Because if Ben Simmons was... I, let me Let me just... If I had to pick, if I had to pick an MVP right now, it'd be Trey Young. If I had to pick a defensive player of the year so far, it'd be Ben Simmons. Let me say that. Definitely, he's been clamping up everything. Let me say that. But offensively, I, I feel like he could be a little more aggressive. But to be fair, he now has options to who can who he can he can be like. All right, cool. Tobias Harris is starting off pretty well. Embiid is eating right now. Uh, Seth Curry can hit some shots. Uh, Danny, eh, Danny Green. Whatever, but, you know, like, they have some pieces who, if, you if, if you know, Ben want to kick it out to somebody, they can actually take the shot and possibly hit it, uh, yeah. whereas, you know, they didn't have that before. So it helps a little bit with their spacing. So I, But I still feel like you, you, you're Ben Simmons. You, he can drive and get him an easy layup a, a dunk it very easily. Like, he's a good ball handler, so he can, he can do that. So it's like, all right, cool. But it's his aggressiveness that they're going to offense – that, that kind of makes me wonder what their what their cap is, right? Like what mm-hmm. their cap is success wise. Um, because Embiid, I know like Embiid is also the same. thing. You know thing, what he's right? gonna give you. But see, but... Embiid is also the same thing. He's not. A, like, I don't think Embiid's ag- aggressive. I think Embiid is he's a, he's a he's a he's a force. He's a force on the court because he's so big and he can do you know he can do little things. But mm-hmm. aggressiveness, I don't see it. Like, and I don't want to be that guy. You know, like man, I don't need to see killer instinct and aggressive. I don't care about all that. It's just. I want to see them be more aggressive because I feel like they're limiting themselves from their reaching their full potential together. Because I, I think they work they work well together. It's just that yeah. when you got a guy sitting out a three point line wide open and he just standing there with the ball, that's a that's an issue. Like yeah, like that's and, and it's like for Ben Simmons, even if you miss a shot, okay, so what? Like like okay yeah. like. It's a mental thing. I
0: mean, I saw he made one today, so hopefully yeah. that boosts his confidence to continue taking them. Um, continue on in the East. We got Atlanta. We talked about Trey. Yeah. Trey early MVP candidate. He's been killing it with his team. Is like sort of hobbled, but like not all the way hobbled. I know Gallinari missed some games. I think Capella missed a couple games, but he's kept them afloat. I mean, they didn't play the best of competition, but Trey Youngs did his thing to the right. point where it's like to to the point where it's like. He's keep he's kept them afloat and they've they've they have they have they have done their thing. They almost won that game against the Nets. I mean, there was no defense being played in that Nets game though, to be fair, on on either side. Um I think that's gonna be Atlanta's issue throughout the year. Um it's gonna uh-huh. be defense. Yeah. And then we got Brooklyn. They're also they're three and two right behind Atlanta. Yeah. I, I think we both expect Brooklyn to be up there towards the end of the year in the standings as like a top two or three seed.
1: Absolutely. That, no, no, I think. Um Katie looks like Katie. Um So far. So one far. thing I did
0: notice to co- to cut you off real quick, is that Katie separation off the dribbles against good defenders is not
1: all the way back. I'll say and, that. And I, I don't I don't think I don't think he'll ever gonna get that back. Honestly. Um it's it's I it's that step. It's your step your your, yeah. your Achilles is it, it's it's even though you can come back from it it's never going to be the, exactly the same man like even like John Wall man like I watched some of the, uh, the Rockets game and John Wall dunked he he dunked his first in-game dunk since and his elevation wasn't even the same Ooh, so the you, elevation is not there it's at all. not it's not there so it's like those injuries take a toll we got to remember kd been in the league since like 07 we ended in 2021 like yeah, it's time that's catching. a long, time also catching up. and that, that's a crazy thought too, right? That's a crazy thought because you feel like KD got so much time left as a basketball player because he was literally hitting his stride in Golden state. That's the best ever seen yeah. to play. So it sucks because he was literally deep to me. He was the best player in the world. Hands down. In my opinion, just that last run he was on, I was like, Yo, nobody's doing that. Nobody's six foot 11. Nobody's shooting 50, 40, 90 in the playoffs averaging 35. Nobody's doing that. Like, so he, he had, he was there, he was cooking and then it just the unfortunate injury. And he had a lot of time off, which I think helps. It helps with making him look good out the gate because you're, you're overzealous to get back. So you are cooking everything. But once that wear and tear and your body sets in game 30, game 35, game 40, it's never, the, it's never 100% the same. And I always use, and I don't like to use, you know kobe as an example but i remember how kobe would go so hard after the achilles injury kobe was a little older but kobe yeah, was, was like, like he was like in year 18 19 whereas katie is in year what 13 14 so yeah. but it's still like and but you know katie is katie's slightly gonna overcompensate i think as, as time goes on but as long as his shot as long as he can get his shot that's that. That's what like, really matters. Yeah, he, he he might not be a fifty forty ninety guy this year, but because it seemed like he's having a little trouble with his free throws, um, and some of the like, and, and some of his shots, you know, like he, it balanced out yesterday. But he started, yeah, he he started off rough yesterday, he missed, He's missing some good shots yesterday. Uh, in Both know him
0: and Kyrie were for off rough, but you know, he let Kyrie take over in the fourth, and I think that's going to be something that we see as a consistent theme throughout the year for Brooklyn at least is like. Who's gonna take over at the end of each game? They haven't been in that many close games. I think that was the first close game, besides the Charlotte game as well. So those are the last two games that I've seen them actually be close with them on the court because they were close in the game with um Memphis when um when Ja got hurt, but um they weren't on the court. But yeah, that's gonna be interesting to see who takes who 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 they let take over at the end of each game. Is it like who has it going, or is it gonna be like Kyrie for the rest of the year, or like is it
1: going to be Katie up to a point? So that's where it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, that's where I think Katie is going to miss Golden State a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, because you know, for then when he's out, which that's unfortunate. That's um, a blow, right? There. That's a big blow. But Lavert, Levert thinks he's, I always I said, Levert LaVert is. LaVert thinks he's better than he is. Yeah. Like, so he, so he, he, going going, he going to ISO you to death if he get a chance. And yeah. I get that that's a part of their offense and don't me wrong, like KD is ISO player. I mean, come on, man. You can't, you can't do nothing with it. Kyrie and ISO, you can't really do nothing with it. So I get it. I get the concept. I see what they're doing, but I think um, it, when it comes down late in games, there were games where, like, and that was one thing I didn't like uh, the narrative of you get get a ball to KD in the fourth quarter because there's fourth quarters that Steph closed out, there's fourth quarters that we've seen Clay closed out in Golden State, so I feel like with Kyrie and KD, it's gonna be a my turn your turn thing, but it, you know, it's, I gonna hold like over like over with, like how do you? Because how do you know that yeah. that my turn your turn is gonna really be effective? Because Kyrie has a tendency, Kyrie sometimes has a tendency to go cold in games and, 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 and take bad shots because if he's feeling it and he, you know, he hits you one of the moves, he'll just pull up and take the shot. Like he'll just take the shot and it's an ill-advised shot and it might not hit. And if it doesn't hit, then he's going to do the same thing. He's going to do the same thing again, but he's going to try for a better shot. And if that misses, then that's two possessions wasted. Whereas with KD, I feel like KD should close their games. I, I feel like you've got to pick a close. Probably-
0: what I think with KD is they might try to ease him into it because you know no, he's yeah. still trying to get his legs under him, so they might ease him into the um the role of the closer towards like the end of the year when he gets his legs under him, and then from there maybe it just it will just be him or they'll just continue to do my turn, your turn.
1: I'm, but- I'm glad I'm glad that KD looks that still looks still as good though. Like I don't know if he'll ever be at that level he was exactly before uh, for the injury, but even if he's like seventy five. Seventy percent of of that uh, this year, that's still good money. You know what I'm mean? saying? That's still good money. So uh, yeah, I'm I, I I got Brooklyn finishing uh, like two two or three in the East this year. Yeah, I, I think. Um, next team we got up Boston. They've looked mm.
0: they've looked okay. I mean, they still trying to figure out how to create offense without Kemba on the court. And they even with Kemba them. on the court. I don't even think their ceiling is, I don't think their ceiling changes that much because I don't think Kemba's really that dude, especially, I think that's the main reason why MJ kind of let him go is because the questions about his health maybe. Um Jason Tatum looks, eh. I mean, he's been taking a lot of difficult, a lot of difficult threes. I don't like him taking all those difficult sidestep 50 dribble threes. Like just make your offense easier for yourself. Jalen Brown has like, Taking a step though, he's like, he's really looked like a uh, an amazing scorer this year at least, averaging I think twenty eight on the season so far. Just dropped forty two on Memphis, um, last night. So yeah. you know, he's 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 looked like he's taking a step. I don't know how he's taken such a big step in such a little amount of time. I don't know if it's um the lack of having Kemba out there that he gets more touches, and of course with um with no. Um, with no Gordon Hayward as well, those touches go to him now.
1: So yeah, I I say I think I think a big part of it is Jalen Brown's shot selection. Mm. His IQ was a lot different than the average player. I will give him credit for that because when I saw him sign that big contract, I was like, "Why do you?" I was like, "That's a lot of money to give Jalen Brown," and then he. Pretty much went out there and showed that he pretty much earned that contract. So I, and then he to me he's also he's a he's a good defender. He's a really good defender and, and he's he he's he's smart and I think that is what sets him apart, in my opinion, from Tatum. Even though I think Tatum's a better player overall, but I think Jalen Brown's a better defender. And now Jalen Brown is also he's closing the gap a little bit offensively between the two because Tatum has. Tatum's more skilled. Like Jalen don't have the same skills as as Tatum, but he's he's right, a, he's picking his spots better. He's yeah, it's like he's she's playing with better IQ. Tatum's issue to me has always been uh I want to call it shot selection. shot selection. That's always been his thing. And like I remember when they when they went against um the Cavs in 2018. That was his rookie year, and they were in the conference finals. And I remember looking at the games and I'm like, yo, they're up three, two and Tatum is not playing well. He's the whole team was playing terrible in that game seven against, against LeBron. And I remember thinking like, if he figures it out with his shot selection, then there's no way. And no doubt in my mind that those Celtics would have beat those Cavs. And the next year when they came back with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, that they would have made the finals that year. I, that was my, my thought. I was like, yo, because that's, you got Kyrie, you had Jason Tatum, you had Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. Uh, you had Al Horford, I think, still. That's enough, in my opinion, in the East that year. That should have been enough offensively and defensively to get you and you add Marcus Martin, the defensive end, to the finals or the conference finals. So when you saw Kyrie brick everything up in, in that second round against uh, Milwaukee, Tatum, look, he didn't look the same uh he he kind of didn't look the same that, that second year and then there was, it was too many cooks that year yeah and I and now I think that was the issue which is which is to me is on Brad Stevens uh because you're supposed to make it work as a coach you're yeah. supposed to put them in their spots and that's why I realized Brad Stevens as a coach he's a, he's a, he's a good coach but you your players I, like you're not you're not giving your players enough guidance and I think Tatum that's Tatum's issue not enough guidance into what he does because he's naturally just a pure athlete score like he's just a natural score he can he can he can cook he's a skilled he's a skilled skilled kid but he just doesn't have the all the intangibles ain't there yet in my opinion they're not all there yet but i think he has he has all the skills but the intangibles of of okay it's it's you know it's, it's 17 seconds on, on on the clock i don't have to do this do this three I don't have to shoot this three. I don't have to make this shot more difficult than it is. I can, you know, there's still not, and like. And so when that, like with Jalen Brown on the other hand, just watching him, I'm like, oh, he he's picking his like he's picking his spots. He he's 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 finding where his shot works the best, and he's not forcing it. Tatum can force it sometimes, and sometimes he can he can shoot his way out of that, you know, out of that bad night that he's having. But I, I like I said, I, I I think that's a good duo. You know, I think that's a good duo. And one one thing that's emerged for them is um
0: Peyton Pritchard. He he kinda helped them get out of that Indiana game. Cause yeah. they were about to lose both Indiana games and he kinda he kinda helped them towards the towards the end of that game. So that's one key um player. I know a lot of um Celtics fans I saw on Twitter were not really happy with the pick, but I think they'll be happy with the pick um as the year goes on because I think he'll, he'll be someone that contributes. And he's just a smart player. Like I watched yeah. him when he was at Oregon. And he's just, a, he's just a smart basketball player. And those are the type of dudes that you need on your team to win. Um, next couple of teams I want to talk about are um, Cleveland, who's been off to a surprising start. That'll um, fall off. Of course, probably will fall off. But it's encouraging to see guys like Garland and Sexton take strides in their game as a young backcourt. I know they've been missing um, Kevin Porter Jr. Um, and who's, Kevin who's, Love
1: is out, right? Yeah, and
0: Kevin Love. Um, both integral to their offense. So. As they could, as they might start to fall off, it may be it may be attributed not just to them like regressing to their means, but it may be also because of them missing out on key key players in their rotation. Um, with Miami, they're two and two. As I mentioned before, they're not really getting off to the hot start as much as everyone probably would expect them to. Um, they are missing Jimmy Butler to start the year. I do think that is contributing to their um definitely start. I think I think I think by the end of the year though they'll be where they we expect them to be, and they'll be um one of the contenders in the east once again. Um Milwaukee is um two and three. That's they funny. yeah, they haven't started off the season as well as probably they hope they would. I mean, Drew Holiday definitely fits in better with the team than Eric Bledsoe did last year. Um, just being able to shoot um, the ball is miles better than um, what Eric Bledsoe was giving them last year. Um, Giannis is taking a bit more. He's he's doing the same thing he started off doing last year with the threes again. He's, he's taking a bit more post shots too. He's definitely getting into the mid range a little bit as well. Um, Their front court depth though is horrible. Like as soon as, Brooke Lopez and Giannis are off the court and it's like Bobby Portis at the five. Teams just like start to attack the paint at will, getting whatever they want. And I feel like that's going to be an issue towards the, towards the end of the year, especially when it gets to the playoffs. Big and issue. Yeah, Big I issue. mean, yeah, teams, the, the teams will just constantly feast in there and if yeah. you don't have anyone to stop them. It's going to have to, it's probably going to force them to play Giannis at backup five minutes, which, which a lot of teams, which a lot of people wanted
1: them to do in the first place. Which they should, because Bobby Porter's ain't going to do it, man. Um, Bobby Porter's not going to do it. Like I said, when I look at the, the Milwaukee roster, I'm, I was looking at it on paper, and I was like, mm, the only true upgrade I see here is Drew Holiday. Mm. And I, that was a, I was like, that's the only thing I see here. You know, it was a DJ Augustine is there, I think. I think DJ Augustine is there now. And I'm like, eh. I'm like, I'd rather have George Hill. Like you know, what I'm saying like I'd rather have George Hill. That's a shooter, uh, you know, and these guys need to score too. Just like nah, I'd rather have George Hill. And then it's like their defense is gonna take a slight hit. I think. I think people, you you saw them add Drew How, Drew Holiday, and you think, wow, that's an all defensive guy. That's a guy who who can do this. Their defense thing. is definitely taking a hit, and and you can see it. And so I felt like nah, you know, you needed those guys who come off the bench and can defend you needed those guys who can you know be gritty a little more gritty and even Giannis put, more, put forth a little more effort you know so I think it's, it's like they're coasting I the thing I think they're coasting a little bit e- even though they shouldn't I think they're coasting a little bit because they once again they're trying to find out uh how to all play with you know play play with each other on, on the court so and like Drew Holiday uh that's a big piece to add you know because he's a much different player than Eric Bledsoe so you're putting him in this uh in this in this space, and even though Drew on, is, is an on-ball defender, he's he's a hound, but that doesn't you know it, it doesn't help the way that they play the way they play defense in Milwaukee. I, I felt like Drew was gonna be good for certain things, but It's not feel... gonna
0: help when because like Milwaukee, they like to funnel the they like to funnel the defenders into the paint yep. into Burke Lopez or Giannis or whoever's waiting down there. And before it used to be like Robin Lopez sometimes. Or they would play. Um, I forgot who else they had, but they didn't have that issue last year. It was other issues that that hounded them. But that's going to be an issue this year. Is um, Drew Holiday can't help with your paint defense. You're going to have to um, play Giannis at backup five, or they're going to have to sign somebody.
1: So yeah, I, I, I like I, that's another thing too that, that about this season. It's a lot of teams that have small holes that they got to fill. Um, and, you know, for, for their team, and Milwaukee definitely got to do something. Uh, I, I think it's kind of obvious like like I mentioned earlier with Golden State. I think uh and these are just for teams who have who have playoff potential, I think um I think that might they might need to be for uh I guess I guess Phoenix. They look okay. They look pretty good right now. But yeah. I'm 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 interested to, interested to see what they're missing cuz I haven't watched enough of their games. I watched one of their games so far and I want to see with them cuz I thought their wing depth might suffer a little bit. I felt like it but it, it, so far I guess you can't complain. Um yeah, I, they're 3 and 1 so. Yeah, you can't complain but once you get to, you know, game 15, game 20, you might you might want to look and, and get you some uh more wing depth. You know, um I think I think their center
0: depth might actually be yeah. what's lacking after DeAndre and cuz you got you got um Who do they yeah. back center? I think it's Let me take a look at their roster. Backup yeah, center they have wait. um it's like you got Jalen Smith, the rookie. You got Frank Kaminsky. You got Damian Jones. It's not a strong,
1: but... Um, ooh, ooh, Damian Jones. Yeah, no, no, Damian Jones. Yeah, no, that ain't it. That's not it. But uh, yeah, so Phoenix is another one. I keep it a buck. Uh, as much as people talking about the Lakers, uh, unless AD going to play a lot more five,
0: yeah, it's looking scary for Montrez and Gasol minutes on defense sometimes. Like, oof, that is not. Because you saw at the end of the Portland game,
1: they hunted down Montrez and pick and rolls. That's it's and the, same, that's the same thing that they would do with the Clippers, too. That's why when people were like – that's the thing that pissed me off about that signing. People were like, oh, yeah, the Lakers going to know how to use him because, you know, Vogel, he, he, he's all about defense. I'm like, bro, that don't change the fact that Trez is not a good defender. He's terrible. Yeah, you He looks He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, he's all energy. Trez, to me, has always been energy. It was That shit was, that shit was cool. It was cool when you was playing on the, on the Clippers that didn't have any type of expectations. That one year they overachieved and got them two games against the Warriors in the first round. Trez was looking like a god out there uh, in, the, in, in Oracle when he had like 20, 25 or something like that. And they and was like, yo, this is a beast. And he won the sixth man of the year. I don't think he was sixth man of the year last year, personally to me. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. But I felt like he's energy. He's there for what you need. He can contribute to that. But when it comes down to the times that really matters in the playoffs, and you you can hunt that man, you can go at him. you He's not going to give you what you think he is. I like, I like I was looking Montrez like yo he like like what they say about Pat Beverly tricking people I was like Montrez like Trez tricked people he like he's energy he definitely did he's energy and I and when I, when they when they signed Gasol that's the one thing when they signed Gasol I was like bruh not to imply that JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard are these We're much these better savants, but 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 when I look at comparing defense, them it's like and Dwight Dwight can move. White, he has he has a little more speed than Gasol. So does JaVel. JaVel looking pretty good in Cleveland right now, truthfully. He yeah. didn't he, he hit more threes than Luka. So, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I, I felt like the, the the DNA of the Lakers team that won that ring, even though it was in the bubble, so whatever, like people saying, it was whatever, but it's like the DNA of that team, once you got past AD, you got past Bron, you had Rondo IQ-wise. See, like that's the one thing I was telling them about. Like, Schroeder is an upgrade from an offensive standpoint. But they, and, up, they upgraded a lot of their offense to Lakers this, this there. Like it's it's a it's an upgrade on offense, but the way they won a championship last year a, was a defense. defense. So yep. so when people see it, and I, I sometimes I think people see just names and not fits. Schroeder is balling out right now. But we've also mm-hmm. seen Schroeder. We've also also it's another one we've seen in the playoffs. Does not perform the same way. Like whether it was in Atlanta years, whether uh, just this last uh, with the OKC, he 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 doesn't he doesn't perform that well in the playoffs. So if he starts to go cold or defensively he starts getting lost, which I know people give him credit as a good defender and he's improved as a defender in my opinion since his Atlanta days. But I he still gets lost. He still gets lost uh, like a lot. So yeah, that that's where the IQ comes in. Rondo, for all the flack Rondo takes, he was a, he's an on-court coach too. So he he's a game manager. So you got a guy like that on the court too. It helps with Dwight at the white in the paint. You 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 ain't doing nothing with Gasol. You're gonna you're gonna take him out. The, they're gonna take Gasol out the paint. They go, like they they're going to do that. They're gonna feast on him. They're gonna get Trez the same way. Like you're not that. Like I think for the Clippers, the Clippers. Didn't improve, improve. But if Paul, if Paul George don't play like, like, yeah, that's, did. that's the next,
0: that's the next team I want to talk about. Cause, um, the Clippers, they top of the West right now, four on one. Um, and I feel like their offense is different this year. Like Tyloo is it's definitely better. involved a lot more player movement, ball movement. And you see it and like guys like Batum, that's a, that was a sneaky, low key, good Snide, good signing right you there know, a lot of people didn't sure. expect him to um contribute i know i didn't because
1: i definitely didn't
0: because he didn't do anything in charlotte and he was just there on the bench in street clothes collecting checks or he was like getting he was getting like garbage time minutes or whatever he got, it was. He got fresh legs now you know he mean? got fresh legs so yeah he's contributing surge has definitely um a contri uh been a good contributor for them Paul George definitely looks a bit better with the ball in his hands more cuz I know I think he likes to dictate how he's how he gets his buckets instead of the offense dictating for Tyler him. was
1: a better coach for his style. Yeah. Now like notice him I I I've always said Paul George was a was a really good player in his Indiana days. Really good. I never thought he was great personally. I didn't because I thought he had the skills but I didn't, it, it didn't it didn't lead to anywhere cuz you know in those years when the Patriots made the you know made the conference finals as number 1 in the east. You, you still had, they still had a pretty solid roster. You still had David West over there. You know what I'm saying? You still had, uh, you know, Hibbert was over there. You had, a, you know, all these other guys. So it wasn't like it was just him doing it by himself, or it wasn't like he was like that head and shoulders above everybody else, in my opinion, at that time, because he was, it was only like, you know, it's like second or third year in the league. Uh, I think when he, uh, when they made the conference finals the first time and took them to seven, and the Heat to seven. So once he got to OKC. I started to like, okay, well, Paul George is good. He can get you 20, 20, 25 a game. Like, But it was that second year in OKC where uh, he was in the MVP talks. And I was like, yo, he literally can do anything on this court. He's a head case. That's his problem. He's a head case. There's only a couple dudes that have shot and hit as many threes uh, over the last couple years as Paul George and Steph Curry. Klay Thompson and James Harden. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. He hit 292 threes in his in that year. He almost he he was nominated for MVP. So he shot like 39, 40 percent from three, like three of the last four seasons. So he's at that point, and he takes like six or seven, seven or eight a game. So he, if for someone who almost hit 300 threes in a season, and nobody talks about it, right? Nobody. Talks about it, which is which is the Steph effect because 300 threes now they don't feel like you did much. They don't feel like you did much. Like we see somebody shoot 300 threes like four or five times and hit 400. It's like okay, you hit you hit 292. Ooh, what, what do you do? But it's like for him to do that, if he can just keep up and shoot 35 to 37 percent of his threes in the playoff, because it's going to drop off, right? Because right now he's at like 45, 46 percent. For uh, the first five games, but if he can keep that up and hit 37 to 39 percent of his threes again, you know, again this year, stay around a 46 to 47 percent from the field, and keep playing good defense and stay healthy, which is going to be his issue. If he can do that, I think the Clippers. This might be a better chance for the Clippers this year than it was last year, because what we well, did, did last year, what we, we did last year with the, a lot of people did last year with the Clippers, I'm guilty of it a little bit too. But I was like, I'm not 100 percent sure because I wasn't sold on PG and Kawhi together yet, uh, completely. I, I mean, I, I was hoping, I was, I wanted to see the Clippers uh, go because I just want to see Kawhi uh, in the finals again with a different cast. I was want to see that happen. But I think they have a better shot this year because it actually looks like their roster makes more sense. It I makes, still think
0: they have issues at the point guard, though.
1: I think no, they yeah, still need well, that spot. Sure.
0: I, 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 I think. I think they'll benefit better from someone who can really get Kawhi and Paul George the ball in their spots. Like I know Paul, Pat Bevins, like they should going right? They should That's what I was him. thinking. And like, I think it would. I think it would cost them a pick to get him, but they don't have picks. They don't have to. The, <laughs> they, no, they gave all their picks to OKC, and they would have to give another one to OKC. Another to OKC. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. I would love for that to happen. Maybe George Hill ends up getting a buyout by the trade deadline or something. See they pick him up, that pick pickup for them.
1: Now that that's that's the one thing I'm I'm thinking about. Like the buyout market, you know, once we get a little more into the season, that's gonna be something to watch for. Because you know, like if Harden gets traded, PJ Tucker's definitely out, right? Because he's PJ Tucker's gonna be out because he's uh you know it's, I think this last year he ain't get no extension, and then. Yeah. If, if OKC is obviously not going to be a playoff team probably this year, so George Hill is definitely going to get bought out at some point. If not traded, bought out. And then you look at, like I said, Derrick Rose, another one. You know, it's, All these guys that make under 10, $10 million a year are going to get bought out, and they're going to be available. So I would look at George Hill. I would look at Derrick Rose. Uh, if one of those guys get bought out, um, absolutely. I, I think that right there would put them over. That will put the Clippers over to me, because you got you you got uh, you know Zubac, you got Ibaka, um, you know your your pretty much your, your bigs are they're not the greatest, but they're solid enough. You know they're solid enough. They can get it done. And then you got a new you got a better offense, it, more touches. Everybody looks cool like like cool in the offense. Batum getting some shots up. Uh, you know Kanar getting shots. Up. Lou will look like his old self again now like even even you know pat beverly uh you know his 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 weekend like he he's looking okay so it's like if they moving and and you know that is makes a difference and then you get marcus moore i don't think marcus moore's been playing yet right i don't think he played yet oh yeah
0: i I, I totally forgot about him he's another impact um player on both sides also so
1: so i think and once again marcus moore is another one who it, like, it depends on if he, if he goes with the Tyloo offense, which, like I said, praise is praise, much praise to Tyloo because uh, I've said this before, the Cavs offense. I, you don't realize it, though, because you look at it and quit everything to LeBron, but the Cavs offense was always going to be good. But the Cavs offense, the season they were with David Black versus the season that Tyloo took over and the year after that. They're actually a, a lot different, and I, you don't realize it because we just we just saw the success and all that they did. But the offense was a lot different. The defense was where Cleveland suffered, but the offense got progressively better the longer they played together. And once Tyler took over, and you don't realize that until yeah. you see like David Black. David Black was preaching defense to a lot, a lot, and then, and then they brought you know Jr and Shump over and that trade. And then like their defense was was getting a little was getting a little stronger. But offensively, like you started to see how the offense could flow and it could flow a little bit better. And then it kind of it kind of changed, I think, once Kyrie left. But like, you could see he's a better uh you know a better better offensive coach. And Shaq yeah. Rivers biggest issue to me is that offensively he can he can he can sputter out a little bit what he wants to do, he, he gets stuck in his ways, and he's blown too many leads in the playoffs, you know what I'm saying, to, to really make it, you know, uh... they make a case for him as this great offensive coach, so I think Talu probably fits them better. Uh, if Marcus Morris can come in and give him 10, 15 a game, which he's capable of doing, mm-hmm. then, like I said, I, I, think, I think the sky's the limit for that Clippers team if they don't choke again, but yeah, as, that's we, big as, issue. as we've seen, though, and I, I I'll say this as we've seen in in most situations when a team chokes and they come back the next year, and this is non Doc Rivers, non Doc Rivers coach teams. If you choke away or you lost, those teams that come back usually have a lot more focus when they get to the big dance.
0: And the they look year. they look focused. They look focused this year. Um so to cl- before we close things out, um I just want to talk about a a team that has surprised each of us um to start this season. I know it's very early, so it's kind of hard to really say who surprised you. But um for me, my own Knicks have surprised me. Um I don't know if <laughs> yeah. this is the timeline. I've been going crazy for my Knicks. I've been. Thinking, I've really been. Thinking. Because I I haven't seen a t- I haven't like the Knicks they always bring in like a different name as a coach every year. Like before it was David Fisdale because, you know, he had these associations with like LeBron and Wade oh, and Wade. they had it back. And like before it was Jeff Hornacek because, you know, Phil wanted to run his triangle or whatever. And, you know, every year it was like, it felt like a gimmick, but like this year for real, it feels like we got like a real legitimate coaching staff. Like I've never seen my Knicks play defense the way they play defense, at least through like the first Tibs, man. Four games. And that's a credit to Tibs coming in, getting these guys focused, having them playing winning basketball. My guy Julius Randle, I couldn't stand Julius Randle all year last year. And it was because understandable. He, and it was because he wasn't playing winning basketball. He was getting all these turnovers. He was doing all these stupid spin moves, not finding guys but the ball when they're open. And that was because I think Fizdale had had this idea of him in his head as a point forward, but he wasn't really utilizing him to the best of his ability. And Fizdale basically wasn't really even running anything. Like most Knicks fans were confused if we were running plays last year, and it, it and that was the reason why he got fired, anyways.
1: Um, he was stealing money, man. Yeah, <laughs> Fizdale was stealing money, man. He he stole, he stole money. money.
0: But Julius Randle out here averaging like twenty something, twenty four ten and six to open the season. I mean, he's looking like Jokic out there with some of these passes that he's throwing. Um, Tibbs, man, and,
1: Tibbs is and, unleashing
0: him. And and it's also a contract year, Julius, as I've heard. As oh yeah, Republicans yeah, yeah. fans say that whenever Julius is in a contract year, he he likes to get his numbers up. So. A credit to that. Maybe we'll pick up his team option. I know it's only four million dollars for next year if we pick it up. So that's a discount if Julius is going to play like that again.
1: So um, the one thing you got to worry about, and you sh- you know you definitely if you everybody knows you know, Tibbs in his history, he yeah he he's gonna he's gonna run them boys in the ground. Well, I mean,
0: so far he a lot of fans are already complaining about that, but that's because our rotation is so small because. We have like five guys we have five rotation guys like out every night basically. Like we got yeah. Alec Burks out, our two rookies are out. We had Austin Rivers
1: out for most of the year. And Burks um, is a and, and and Burks I say this, I think Burks is a good pickup, pickup for the team, man. I think I think Burks is he, he's a yeah, he's a very I think he's very underrated, man. as a scorer. He can get buckets, man, and and
0: know. he can playmake as well, which I I've, I've been loving for the Knicks in like some of their second unit sets he he kind of runs the offense him and RJ they kind of take turns yeah I kind of like that because we don't have really we don't have a a real legitimate point guard especially with our rookie point guard out who's who's been the one that's been been creating most of the offense at least so you know we have Alfred Payton running our our first unit and basically no one to run our second unit we just got Austin Rivers back today and he's been running our second
1: yeah, I saw so, Austin Rivers is back. Yeah, I
0: saw it. I mean, so, I mean, I feel like I don't know. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because you know, with the Knicks, you always gonna, you kind of got to be cautiously optimistic of the team because you kind of figure that they're gonna let you down. But like, we haven't had a coach like Thibs before, and I feel like Thibs has these guys really focused and locked in. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I, I want to see these guys make a run for the play, for the for the playing game
1: because we got
0: Dallas' pick, and Dallas's pick could be in the lottery. So
1: who knows? I, 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 I put it like this: if if you guys get healthy and everything persists um, and stay healthy, and that's the I think that's the thing, though. Uh, yeah, i been healthy to start thinking that sucks for us. You know, so by game 20, 25, uh, let's say you guys are, at say, 12 and 13, uh, game 25 or 13 and 12 or something like that. Yeah. All right, you're good to go. Yeah. You know, you just got to watch, you know, Tibbs and, and how he plays the guys, man. So 20, you know, you, you, 25 games in, if you're playing, still playing guys, 40, 41 minutes, even if you get to the playing game, that might not, you know, it, you might be wore down. That's what happened with the yeah. Bulls, man. That's what happened with the Bulls, man. Like. By the D-Rose. time he yeah. was playing garbage
0: time in the playoffs, and everybody was like, "What is D Rose still doing in the game?" And
1: then, boom, the ACL tear, and then everything went downhill from there. So and so that's that's why was, you know personnel matters too. So I'm also curious to see what the Knicks do. Let's say the Knicks Knicks end up, you know, thirty games and being like eighteen and twelve or 17, thirteen, Like then, you know, do you stick with the same team? Do you make a move? Do you get even better? Like. Like, what do you do? You know, yeah. That's what. That's what a lot
0: of fans are contemplating. Because like a lot of fans are like, do we trade Julius Randle now at his highest at his highest value will ever be, or do we um, hold on to him for next year because we have his team option? Right. And then do we also um, do we also get rid of guys like Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, Austin Rivers? Do we sell high on them to get more picks and assets for the future, or do we keep them? And then we make like a push for like the playing game or like a ninth or eighth seed. And then we hope that Dallas sucks so that we we do have one lottery pick at least. And then do we take things from there? So there's a lot of questions within the fan base for that, too.
1: Yeah, no, man, it's going to be uh, exciting times for Knicks fans. I can't believe I'm saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying it either. But like I said, I I, I like the young group of talent. That y'all, you know, y'all got, and some of the veterans in there, like Burks and you know Rivers and you know guys like that. Like I, I, I like, I like what they, what they're doing. Um, I feel like it, it's interesting. It's just interesting to see uh, a Knicks team that has some promise, but a lot of it. That I think that's the thing also is that for future years for this Knicks team, everything kind of like revolves around progress and growth as players for RJ for um for from 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 uh bro from Dayton and Robinson y- y- uh, you know and, and Robinson and you know you got uh y- y- y'all got y'all got so many players that I don't know what y'all gonna do with Kevin Knox um he's been um, solid shooting the ball I like that yeah you know so but it's like there's some there's some pieces there that you can see that's a build up for a future and you know it, it all depends on 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 everybody's I guess everybody's progression and you know uh like I said Tibbs is a great guy you know Tibbs is a great guy to have on, on there to help build these guys up but yeah he, he also you know he's also that guy who coached the Minnesota Timberwolves and we saw that. I, I think really... with
0: that I think with that situation what, what happened there Was that he was also The president of Basketball operations So he had to also Build the roster And then he had to Coach the roster And then we brought Jimmy in Like Too Jimmy just power. didn't get It was just yeah Him being a head coach Is perfect for him And yeah, then having he, he the, other front office guys It's very yep, Just simplify With your job And it makes it That much easier So what, what was What's a surprise team That's been a surprise
1: For you so far um, Cleveland probably been the most surprising for me. I think Cleveland so far, even though they're not, you know, it's going to fall off. I think that's the most surprising out of all of them. Uh, in, turn, in a good way, in a good way. Um, in a bad way, most surprising, uh, I think I said the Wizards already. Um, but, uh, those are all both East teams in the West. I, like I won't even the net the nuggets I'd say the nuggets surprised yeah. me a little bit you know I think because I expected them like man you were this close to the finals man like y'all, y'all went against the the big bad Lakers and you know y'all y'all want to get better and then you think about it it's like man y'all lost you know two great def- you know two good defenders and you know great great pieces for your organization, and you came back and you look you look sluggish, you look rough you know like maybe. That, that bubble that 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 bubble play was just the product of the bubble, and then it makes you look at everything else a little differently too, you know. So it's like I I don't know I don't know man I, the, the, they definitely surprised me a little bit because I thought they would at least be like you know off to a hot start because I felt like they had winnable games. Um yeah. actually you know what you know what the Kings the Sacramento Kings that's the that's the team in West that surprised me in a good way. I know they I think they just lost today to the Rockets, but I think they look a lot better than I expected them to. So. Uh, granted, they I think they they are one of the teams that beat the Nuggets. Uh, twice actually, they beat the yeah. Nuggets twice. Yeah, so I, like, but I think I think they look better. They look better than I expected. I don't know know if I necessarily seen them as a playoff uh, playoff team. I mean, they, they they have a shot at the play in. You know, like let's say the Mavericks don't make the playoffs this year. Uh, I love be, that. You know, um, because like yeah, I say, I think man, uh, it's a couple teams that don't seem like the playoffs can be feasible unless they step it up and. Like the Memphis Grizzlies, for example, there's no John Morant for another four to five weeks. That, and no JJJ, no yeah, like Winslow. It's yeah, Clifford yeah. them. They got to go to the lottery again. Yeah, and so that's a rough place to be. So you're looking at some of these teams, like that was a team that was right there in contention for the playing spot. Now you're going to probably be at the bottom. The, the Timberwolves uh, got Carl Anthony Towns out indefinitely. They looking at, you know, and their roster is is – some butt, man. That roster is some butt, man. (laughs) It is. It
0: is. D'Lo is not what everyone wants him to be. Like, the idea of D'Lo is better than what D'Lo actually is. See,
1: that's the thing. I watched D'Lo last year with the Warriors, and I was thinking, man, all D'Lo is doing is raising his stock offensively, right? He's making these great passes. He's shooting the ball decently. He's getting fifty point games, dropping forty on him, thirty on them. It looks it looks great. It means absolutely nothing because you're not winning. Yeah. So it's you know it's one thing. Is just thing, he's just there for the vibes. Right. Like it's like it's one thing, and that's why I remember uh, when when Golden State made the trade, I was mad just because I wanted to see Steph Clay and D'Lo on the court together. I just want to see it together. I just want to see how. It yeah, look. I wanted to see it too. I just want to see how it looked because I'm like you know D'Lo can play the two. Uh, they're gonna put Clay at the three, even though back off a of ACL injury, probably one of the smartest thing to put you know to put Clay uh, at the three and, and, and get him you know, right in thick of that. But I was like, you know what, like I just want to see what it looked like. I just want to see what it looked like. And uh, when they traded him, I was like, man, Steph Clay and Wiggins. And I was thinking, you know what, that's probably smarter because it doesn't allow you know allows Clay to ease into the two spot again and you know two guard and, and and it doesn't force him to play the three. and, I was like okay it made more sense and then when i see it now i'm thinking yeah it makes more sense like yeah. that it makes more sense now and it didn't make sense to me at first and it just, like i said i just wanted to see three guys that i knew could get you 25 or 20, 25. i wanted to see them all together on the court together and and i realized that they traded to get minnesota's first round pick um and they got it's a very smart trade and then they got wiggins who you know around the same amount of money as D'Lo, so you're getting a guy who, even though Wiggins is, he takes a lot of flak. Wiggins is, is, to me, the better piece to have because he can he defend. Better. He, he, he can he defend when better. he wants to. When he wants to, he can defend. This is why he, he is annoying because when he wants to, he gets get you 30. He can get you 30 points in the game. He can, he can defend pretty pretty well. He's not like a, a great, you know, all-world defender, but he, he shows some promise. He definitely showed promise in those 12, 13 games. Once they traded him, so I thought to myself, okay, Minnesota is gonna be in the projects for a while. And, and Edwards is cool. Anthony Edwards is cool, and and I, I I think he, you know, he's 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 gonna do his thing in a in a year that don't matter. So he'll get yeah, He's been some- solid so far. I mean, they take they bring him off the bench. He doesn't have to do.
0: He gets the ball more in his hands. He doesn't have to worry about sharing it with D'Lo and Cat so much. So it's like it's
1: much better for him. But see, the one thing I worry about is the Timberwolves gonna overachieve a little bit and be like thirteen for twelfth and then end up, you know, with that top six or seven pick. And then that pick is protected only to what top three? So they I think keep it's top, I top think five it's, or top four, something like that. I don't know what the protection is, but I know there's a protection on it. It's protected but it's like a very minimal protection that makes it I think it's top three. Yeah. So it's like they probably they're probably they just they just had a number one pick. I don't think they're gonna get top three anyway. So it's like yeah. the, the Warriors will get that anyway. Which is, or if they try to trade it off, so it's like now you're in the pro, you're really in the project, because your first round pick is that like, you're gonna end up yeah. being, being a bottom team, but your first round pick will be gone out the door. So it really yeah. Minnesota is exactly where I expected them to be. To be honest, yeah. So I, I look at it like that. Like if the Pelicans don't get their thing together, um, you know, Grizzlies and Wolves and those are teams at the bottom. Uh the Blazers do not that's another team we need to mention. The Blazers don't even look that great to me. Um I mean, right now. Yeah, the Blazers they... let's let's speak on them
0: briefly before we, we 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 finish things up. Um I mean a lot of people kind of overrated their offseason because everybody overrates Robert Covington. The idea of Robert Covington is better than what Robert Covington actually is. Why is it
1: always players um... that played in Minnesota, man? <laughs> like,
0: there's
1: a player yeah. that played Minnesota is a point. That's crazy. Like
0: Yeah. But yeah, him, Robert Covington, the idea of him is much better than what it actually comes up to. He's not the defender everybody wants him to be. Like everyone talks everyone talks about him like he's Kawhi Light. He's much better um, nah, nah. off ball than he is on ball. I think that's a lot that's, and that's that's the that's one of the reasons why so many people overrated their offseason. They got Derrick Jones Jr., they brought back Mello. They had they got
1: Ennis Cantor back. Um, two of it those was, moves are terrible, man. T- bringing cancer, it, cancer is not, and it, I, it, I, like nothing it, really
0: helped their defense that much. Like, I know they missed the days when they had Aminu and Harkless. I mean, they didn't hit shots that much, but they defended their butts off for, and they covered up for Damon CJ so well, so. Damon's food, Dame. man. Damon's food on defense. That's another thing that makes he it. plays the defense that everyone thinks Steph plays on,
1: on, on, on opposing point guards. Which is, which is crazy because like that's, an, and that's another thing that I don't think ever gets talked about and I, I won't really go into it because we have to you know close it out, but it's like people, people get these attachments to players and then completely give them reputations mm-hmm. that they don't deserve God. or really have earned. And for for Dame, I always thought like, yo, Dame was one of the guys I like. As far as point guards go, he's one of my favorite point guards to watch. Um, But I remember like I went to go see them play live uh, because I wanted to see Melo live last year. And I watched the game and I'm watching the game, watching the game up close and personal in person. You see it so much differently because I'm looking at Dame. and I'm like, man, Dame really makes a lot of mistakes. Like it's like it's just certain stuff that I'm watching. I'm like, yo, yo, cut this way. Do this. Do that. Yo, your man is – your man is literally – you're not you're – not, you're not going – I'm like, okay, he's not – and I saw that up close watching it with my own – I like, watching on TV is one thing, but, like, watching it, like, right there, like, right there at the court and looking at it, I was like, yo, damn, he's making a lot of mistakes. Like, this – and I mean, granted, it's a game against the Wizards, so it don't matter, but it's like – because they won anyway – but it was like, yo, he makes a lot of mistakes. And then he'll turn up in the fourth and he'll drop 15 or 20 in the fourth. And everybody forget about it. Yeah. And I was like, that's how I was like, man, that's how he does it. Like, and I get it. He had that 50 ball in the, uh, in the playoffs and sent Paul George and him home. And, but people, but that's the crazy thing. People always showed that three-pointer over Paul George to send him LKC home. And but they don't that. show
0: the Denver series after that where he struggled and CJ had to basically pick up yep. his dead
1: weight. CJ closed that game that game 7 out for them against the Nuggets and then we all know what happened after they Steph and the boys. On, come on yep. man let, let, like let's be real like Steph <laughs> like Steph Steph dropped that's the highest ever points in a sweep ever in the Western Cal- like that's I think oh ever really I think ever like that's in a sweep I think so yeah come yeah. on man like at that point all these co- conversations should have been over like you're not and yet you, they continue they because can. people just
0: people just they just can't accept what Steph has
1: done to their teams and to other it. players and his and his and his level of greatness. I don't get it, man. If, if if any other player that they loved that much had the success that he did, they would crown him. They'd put be putting him in top fifteen, top ten right now. Like top really? five. Top five. Cause let's be real. We really wanna be real with it. People were saying Braun was top five before he won a ring. I've seen that. People say that. I didn't understand that back then. Uh, you know what I'm saying? People saying, oh, Bron, Bron is one of the best players I've ever seen. It was like, two, when he went to Miami, he was like, man, he going to be one of the top, top greatest. And I'm like, bro, he got two MVPs and no titles. At that point, I remember, I remember having this conversation with somebody like, in barbershop, like 2011, 2012, he's like, man, Bron going to be top five all time. I was like, I was
0: any- much younger and the discourse with us kids was a lot much more probably toxic than it was." I believe the the barbershop talk. I
1: believe it. I I was
0: hearing some irrational, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. I used to get into a lot of arguments. That's how I knew I wanted to get into like podcasting and doing all this type of stuff. Cause the, the conversations I used to have in middle school about LeBron and, and the Knicks and the heat and all that stuff. I just knew back then. That, that's what I want to do so but, like, but, I know that this discourse
1: was much more toxic with us kids than it probably was with and, adults and see because you know what I mean because because when you're young when you're young you say things you know crazy things like and I was yeah. like, I say I said I said some crazy things about sports too but I think you know once you get you start to get older you start to understand you, you, once, you, once you get older you understand the game more you pay attention more you that's know, why a lot that's and sure. that's why and that's why a lot of uh, I think a lot of younger dudes now they're so heavy on Yo, LeBron this or Dame better than Steph, because Dame is more relatable to them than Steph is. That's another, mm-hmm. and that, and that's something I hate, I hate to talk about because it's like it's a it's a weird thing to talk about. But that's another thing I think a lot of people do is if they're if you're a player that's more relatable to a fan, the fans instantly gravitate to you. So LeBron being the the first player that they ever watched grow up, you know, and they're growing up and they watched him his entire career or most of his career. Then they gravitate to him. And then if you never seen Jordan play, you never seen you never really seen Kobe Kobe, you know, in his prom because you might even look too young to see him. Or, you know, and then you see, you know, Steph, and it's like, yo, man, I am a Braun fan. So Steph kept, you know, Steph kept Braun from winning rings. But which is funny, what's funny about that in the Steph conversation is people love KD again. They love yeah. KD. So it's like yeah, it was. It was just all the Warriors stuff. That's what it was. It was so that's such a weird thing to me because it's like Steph, when KD went to the Warriors, Steph led the team in scoring every season, by barely. You know, barely, but like a point. Yeah, a but point it was like yeah, it was like they were
0: they, they both they both did they they both did they thing.
1: They both did the thing, and then just because oh the finals MVP thing, it's like all right. If if, yeah, Steph, if that's, Steph, that's when Finals MVP started to really get. No out of one here. cares. No, like here's the thing. Dame get all this love, and like I said, I I, I rock with Dame. What has Dame done? What nothing has really he done. He like has nothing to his name, honestly. Like he got a what All NBA. He was all, he's an All Star. Okay, he he. That's it. That's it. And I, and like once again. Take nothing away from them because there's been great players who have not won MVPs, not won scoring titles, not done this and that. Like there's great players who didn't do any of that, but they were at a level that they deserved. You ain't putting, you know what I'm saying? You're not putting this person over this over this person if this person got titles, MVPs, and should have a Finals MVP on his on his resume. I I don't I don't like the stuff of the conversation because there's never been in the history of the NBA where someone led their team in assists, steals, and scoring by 10 points and didn't get finals MVP. That's never happened. That's never yeah. happened. That's the only – it's the only outlier that's ever happened. So when people do the Stephen Dame thing, and I guess it matters because tomorrow they play anyway, right? They play tomorrow, so it's relevant. Uh, yeah, they, they play twice, I think. I think. Yeah, and play Sunday, uh, tomorrow and Sunday. So with that, I, guess I, like, I think the Blazers this year, they did beat the Lakers. I will give them that. They did beat the Lakers, a, f- a full stack Lakers too. Won nobody out. Nobody was out. So I'll give the Blazers that. But this is this this the team is still not that good. Like they yeah, they they, they, they beat the team. Lakers last year. They beat the Lakers last year. They they weren't that good. You know they beat the Lakers in in game one. Was it game one right? They beat the Lakers in game one. I think of the uh, of the bubble playoffs. So yeah. You know, it don't matter i like I said their, their defense their defense ain't really get better. Cantor is not a help. Nurkic doesn't look like he's gonna he's gonna be what people assumed he was uh yeah. you know what I'm saying, and so you you already said about Covington, I've never been a big Derrick Jones junior fan uh, I mean. I think I think he's cool. He's
0: versatile but,
1: defensively,
0: but yeah, like offensively he's still limited. So it kind of like limits what you can do on on that side yeah, of the ball.
1: Just, he's he's a dunker. He's a yeah. dunker and like and he's so, tried to he's tried to expand his game in Miami, but it didn't really all the way nah, pan that didn't out, hit, man. That didn't hit. So he wasn't cuz he he wasn't that great of a rotational piece for them anyway. So yeah. You know, once the playoffs came, you know, once the bubble came, all those other stuff happening like and, and that's that's been his story but I, like i said I, I feel like the blazers man that's the one team that a lot of people talked about uh the blazers the mavs and the nuggets those are the three teams i think that have kind of been disappointed you know in, in expectations whereas most i think every other team has kind of in the west exceeded least, or met or met yeah you kind of yeah, kinda met like the pelicans I, like, I don't think anybody really saw the pelicans i had one one dude on Twitter say, yo, the Pelicans going to the conference finals. Like I thought he was just, he probably was joking. I hope, I hope he was, joking. But, but you know, everybody else has basically been, you know, like even Golden State, nobody, I don't think anybody really expected Golden State to win those first two games. And I don't think anybody expected them to lose those other two games like that against the, you know, yeah. bulls and the Pistons. So they're right where they should be. And then you kind of, you know, once you get through this homestand, then you'll know more. And the same thing with the Blazers. Once the Blazers get through their next five to ten, you know, five to ten games, you'll see. But right now, everybody's where they should be, basically. The Lakers started off slow, but everybody said they're gonna start off slow because they had the shortest, you know, short off season. So yeah, they start off. I mean, they still got win a record right now, barely. But it's like, you know, they start off slow, and they've, you know, yeah. to me, they had an easy schedule. You went against the, the Wolves, and they blew the Wolves out, and they. They went against the Mavericks, but the Mavericks is terrible. Just they got lucky and beat the Clippers once. Like, they didn't – and that's a uh, – that 50-point game is what it is. It is what it is there, but that looks like an anomaly now because that offense yeah, ain't clicking – because the offense ain't clicking like that. That defense ain't – like, the, Cl- the Clippers had, like, what, 30 points at halftime. That's an anomaly, man. Like, that's, that's not going to happen. You're not going to see that too often. You know, yeah. they don't care.
0: Well, I think that's all we got for today's episode. Um, thank you for coming on the show today, True God. Definitely yeah, hope to sure. have you again. Um, make sure you check out his um Twitter and what he got going on. Um, anything else you want to plug before Oh, we- yeah,
1: yeah. For, hey, for sure, for sure. Uh, you can go to DefiningRevolution.com. We got the articles popping off back there now um got got new writers and stuff coming in got some other things working uh, i got music dropping and all that good stuff too um you can go to itunes spotify all that check out true god on there it's like another dude that has a name true god too uh but he like a mexican dude so don't pay attention to him um other than that yeah that's that's pretty much it yeah i got i got some scripts and stuff we're working on i got a book coming out uh later on in the year but i'm not done with it so i can't really get too much out yet but hit me on you know hit me on twitter and that's where you can find the information all right and make sure you check out the links to the
0: um to the podcast website the podcast um blog we got the um what you We got, um, Check out the Twitter page, also. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. If you watch it, if you're listening on um, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening to, leave a um, leave a rating as well. It helps the show out. Um, and that's it.